0: It's Lightning and Holman, and on this episode, number 227 of the Truck Show Podcast, we check in with Chris, our new friend, I think he's going to be our friend, from Expel, because we've been dying to know more about paint protection film, and we're checking in with Jared Corfage from Four Wheeler, because he drove a frontier from here to Utah, and he got some seat time, and he's going to report back about it. Mm -hmm. And Holman makes Lightning super, 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 super jealous. Why, Why would you say that? Because you hung out with Brent Underwood in Cerro Gordo, and you went in gold mines!
1: That's wrong. You didn't go in gold mines? There are no gold mines in Cerro
0: Gordo. Where are they? They're not there. Well, I don't, what are you saying right now? What do you mean they're not there?
1: Okay, there, there's a lot of flaws in what you just said. Cerro Gordo is not a gold mine, and I brought- I know
0: that. You went to the little town that that Brent under- Whatever. It's an area called Cerro Gordo? Right. Yeah. But you called it a gold mine. You went in gold mines. No,
1: I did not. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What did
0: you go in that looked like a gold mine on your Instagram? It was not a gold mine. What was it? What type of mine was it? Galena,
1: I brought you back a piece of ore, Lightning- This is the ore that comes out of Cerro Gordo. stop. Let me see, let me see, let me see. What comes out of Cerro Gordo Uh is lead and silver. It was one of the biggest lead-producing mines in the West in its heyday. And at its peak, it had 4,500 residents at the same time Los Angeles had about 6,500. That's how big it was. I brought this for you because I knew that you were going to (laughs) spew your incorrect information, and I wanted to set the record straight. I
0: thought that it was a massive gold producer for the city of Los Angeles. You
1: would be wrong. It was a silver producer. I also have a little something special for you.
2: Hmm. Hey, lightning. This is Brent up at Cerro Gordo. Uh, the door is always open. Anytime you want to come up here, please do come up. We'll put you up in a cabin. We'll have a good time. And he's going to put you in the haunted one.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and he doesn't mean that, but since I have the open invite, I'll bring you up as my plus
0: one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, now, see... I want to go see Brent's my man. I've been following no, Brent since he's he. Not,
1: he's not your man. He's my new friend, and I told him about you, mm-hmm. and he didn't think that you were stalkers at all, and said, "Well, tell him come up anytime." I, all right, we have to go and spend a weekend now.
0: One more thing for you. Okay. Now, for those of you that don't know, Brent Underwood raised some money a few years ago and created a. Uh... I
1: bought you this. <gasps>
0: It is an olive drab t-shirt that says Sarah Gordo Mines 1865. That is freaking awesome, and it's fat guy size. Look, you got a piece of ore out of there, yeah. a personal cameo
2: message
1: wow. from Brent Underwood. Wow. And a t-shirt. Wow. You still sad?
0: No. Jeez. No, I'm happy now. God guys, be all negative Nancy to start with. Well, I stuff. thought that, but but I Oh, come on. Hold on. You and know, uh, and wait, on wait, wait, top wait, wait. of all that, and
1: hold on, you hold on. On top of that, I gave you a ride in the 835 horsepower Rivian on here.
0: Uh, I haven't got to that yet. Like, what is there to be upset about? I thought, because I know Holman. I know freaking Sean Holman. Uh And Sean Holman enjoys ribbing lightning. What? You do. You do it at every opportunity. That's not true. I I bought you a shirt. I got you a personal message. I brought you ore. I couldn't have. By the way, this little tiny rock is really
1: heavy. And it's worth something. Wow. If you can extract the silver in... Out of the lead? <laughs> and lead, uh, and take it from the this involved this is, process. This
0: is really bizarre how heavy this little, is about the size of a quarter, and it feels like it weighs, I don't I know, I brought a you a
1: piece of Cerro Gordo back.
0: Yeah, you did. Thank you. You're welcome. I could not have guessed this. I thought for sure you would just rub my nose in it like a dog that just went potty on the on the floor. You know what? You think so little of me, Lightning. <laughs> yeah. I go up there for a work assignment, mm-hmm.
1: and I bring you back stuff I didn't have to, but I did it because I thought of you. I knew what it meant to you,
0: and here we are. Well, I I really do appreciate it. It's very generous of you. At what point do you start ribbing me? I'm not. <laughs> uh, you guys can't see the look on his face. I'm not. Something's see coming. It, listen, no. Something's up. Not, listen. You went. You went underground with Brent Underwood in Saragordo, I, I saw to. the photos. That's true. I had to army crawl for, mm-hmm. through about 10 feet. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I'm thrilled at my piece of ore, and I love my T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Sean Holman. But it doesn't make me any less jealous that you crawled through mine shafts. He
1: offered to drop us down in the elevator. And you didn't go? No, no. When we, we come up, okay. it's 900 feet down to oh, 900 yes. level. Yeah, I've watched the video. I know. It takes... 44 minutes to get down there.
0: Living in a ghost town. Guys, living in a ghost town well, is a YouTube channel.
1: Well, Hi. living in a ghost town in the sense that it was an abandoned town, but it also was haunted. And I asked him about his haunt, whether he believes it. He says no, except for some weird stuff has happened to him. So now he's like, maybe so. It's interesting. We can Talk about it when we have him on.
0: Okay. We'll definitely have he's to down. have him on. Okay. So this guy basically bought this ghost town. For $1.4 million. Yeah. Living in a ghost town is the YouTube channel, and you'll love it. So, was Brent? I'm going to fanboy out for a second. Was Brent every bit as good a storyteller in person as he is on video? Oh, he's awesome.
1: Yeah, we had a great time together.
0: Because his channel went from zero to hero in one year, mm-hmm. and uh, like it's it's so fascinating. His the mm-hmm. shots are gorgeous. He's got drones, and he's living by himself in the middle of well, the. There's a couple
1: friends up there that help him caretake uh, the property. There's a few people. Uh, The bunkhouse is where most people come to stay. He'll Mm -hmm. have people from the electric company come up there. What's interesting is he has a a five-ton Vietnam-era military truck, and once every X amount of time, he has to drive down the hill, seven and a half miles, and like 4,000 feet or 5,000 feet of elevation to go pull out. From down there, 1,200 gallons of water and bring it back up there.
0: So I'm obviously totally, totally in. I will go there. Even in the heat of summer, whenever you want me to go, I'm in.
1: Well, it's not the heat of summer because that like 8,000 feet, so it's oh, a I lot forgot. I, you
0: know, because I keep thinking desert. It's by Death Valley, right? It's above Death Valley. Well, it's uh, a few valleys over. It's Owens Valley. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So we could go in June and we wouldn't die of heat. Well, I mean, it'd be warm, but it
1: would probably be 100 degrees down there and like 80 degrees up. It's Gordo, So
0: okay. Well, if the offer stands, I if he'll, t- if he will take us in a mine, mm-hmm. I'll go. In, I'll go now. You ready to go now? I'm going now. No, I went yesterday. I'm good oh for my a while. God. All right. Listen. Before we get started on the show,
1: we have to thank Nissan. So uh Nissan is our presenting sponsor. They have been almost since the very beginning. I think we're going on year four with them now. Okay, if you guys are out looking for a uh, new truck, either a midsize like the Frontier or the uh, half ton, half ton plus Nissan Titan, Titan XD. Head on down to your local Nissan dealer, head over to nissanusa.com where you can build and price, see the colors, see the features. The Titan and Titan XD have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And hey, go on down to your Nissan dealer, tell him Lightning sent you and that you want to hear his favorite uh, playlist on
0: the Fender audio system. So you got to crank up Bring Me the Horizon on the Fender audio system. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Right, right, right at this moment, Right.
1: Download that on your phone and then go down there and listen to it and you'll go,
0: wow, this is pretty amazing. That's the Spirit is the, is the song to listen to.
1: Really? That's mm-hmm. the Spirit? That's the Spirit. On your uh, official Lightning recommended playlist for listening on a Nissan Fender audio system, which, by the way, is available both in the Frontier and the Titan. Great trucks, super reliable. Get yours
0: today. Hey, Holman, um, so the Banks iDash, which you have one in your JL, you've had it now for, I guess, going on nine months or so, something yeah, like that? Yeah, probably something like that. How are you enjoying the data?
1: As you guys know, there's multiple pages. Uh, my favorite is eight data points at a time on a single page because I don't like scrolling. Okay. So I have, uh, by the way, have mine as a shift light. So if I'm rowing through the gears on my manual, it'll light up yellow. Nice. And so I use that. I have it set 500 RPMs short of red line so that I have enough time to shift. Okay. Uh, but I have um, RPM, outside uh, ambient temperature. I have... Um, Air, average air density.
0: Okay. I have- And don't you have a couple attempts to do with your intercooler?
1: Yeah. So I have a post-compressor and post-intercooler. So I can see exactly what the intercooler is doing, what the kind of drop is to it. And then we also added a boost sensor to the supercharger so I can see boost as well. So um, you know, I've got uh, the, the eight categories I like. They're always up there. It gives me a really good idea and a good picture of the health of the engine, what's going on. Plus by Shift Light, and uh, it's you know there's like what uh, two hundred other
0: parameters you can uh, have on it as well, and a lot of them are patented. Only banks can do it. There there are other are monitors on the on the market. There's a whole density suite that is exclusively patented yeah. by banks.
1: I look at the uh, the average air density uh, in percentage above mm-hmm. sea level, basically. So at sea level, I'll be at like sometimes one hundred three percent, and mm-hmm. I'll be up in the mountains. It might be seventy nine percent at altitude. It's really fascinating to see that in. You get a feel for how your engine behaves in different settings based on the outside pressures and heat and all that stuff. Super functional.
0: Love it. If you guys are into data or you – by the way, you can read and clear codes, which is super, super cool. If you guys are interested in learning more about your truck, the iDash is the way to see inside the engine. You can find yours at bankspower.com.
2: The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck – because truck rides with Truck show, we have the lifted, we have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, whoa,
0: whoa. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. I'm Lightning, he's Holman, this is the Truck Show Podcast. Welcome to episode number 227. It's 227, right? Yeah, I think.
1: Yep, yeah, 227.
0: I wouldn't want to screw that up because I'd have to re-record that intro all over again. Or
1: you would just rename it and pretend nobody caught that. Maybe, maybe, yeah.
0: maybe so. So Holman rolls up to my house this afternoon and, well, he's, he's silently running in a freaking Rivian. What? r R1T. Huh? Rolls up and the uh, the cool little door handle springs open, kind of like a Tesla. Grab it, hop in, and he gets to the end of my block. It's residential, so he cruises down, and it's silent, of course. It's electric, and then we get to the freeway on ramp, and he punches it and slams my head into the headrest, and it was freaking impressive. Hmm. That happened. Hmm. Tell me your adventure in the in the R one T. So what? Where were you? Why you put Sarah Gordo? Oh, this is where you brought... I didn't that's know that. All, that's all I can tell you. You cannot tell me... Okay, why?
1: Uh, just because we are doing some stuff for a certain company who makes that truck. Fargo, And hmm. there'll be uh, some stuff there. And uh, Brent was a part of it. It was very cool.
0: So, tell me, can, can we walk through your experiences with the truck? Yes. Can we talk about what you like and don't like? Because now you've got, I feel like you've got over 1,000 miles in this thing so far,
1: right? Uh, probably up to 2,000 miles plus. In, so, uh, you've got
0: more miles than any of the current owners,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. All right, I'm going to play this uh, clip. I just was driving and I was thinking about a, a bunch of stuff and I thought, no, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to start talking about it because. Just had diarrhea of the mouth? Yeah. And so I'm going to share it <laughs> with the rest of you, just like I do week after week for uh, four years now. Okay hey what's up everybody it's Sean and I am in the R1T that's right I've got the Rivian this is a launch edition model I'm borrowing it from uh, Motor Trend for a few days and uh, really great to experience a fully electric uh, pickup out in the open as you know, uh, I was part of the Motor Trend team that took the R1T cross-country from the eastern uh, coast to the uh, western Pacific coast, all off-road on the Trans America Trail this past summer. And I did the uh, what I think was the best leg, which was... Okay.
0: You, I don't know if you're listening to this in your truck, you may or may not hear that background noise. But it's not an engine purring. That's just wind noise and road road noise. I'm doing 80
1: miles an hour. Yeah. Well, when you you got in today, you're like, oh, it's not that quiet. I'm like, it's still got four tires, all terrains, and cutting through the wind at 80 miles an hour. I guess I
0: just assumed that it would just be- They're not silent. Really, really quiet. Well, Well, listen-
1: There's no NVH from an engine going- I know, but
0: you and I- So we were in a Ram that mm -hmm. had mm noise-canceling audio system. Uh That was truly silent. That that was weird. Very quiet. Right? That was like an anechoic chamber. (laughs) this is not that. Like you, I don't know. It's not as quiet as I expected. There are some new trucks that have really good muffler systems. It's quiet systems. on the
1: outside. It's it's still a car cutting through the wind with four tires. Oklahoma to Utah, and I to go through Colorado and the high country and cross the Continental Divide and was one of the first people, not the first person to ever take a battery electric uh, 4x4 over uh, Black Bear Pass and did a bunch of really cool things. And During that trip, I absolutely loved the truck. I thought the capability was impressive. I thought that the um, technology was incredibly impressive. I thought that Rivian did an amazing first swing at this vehicle, does not feel like a science project. It feels as good as anything out there. In fact, my opinion, this is my favorite battery electric vehicle out on the market today, at least in terms of full BEVs. And there's a lot to like about this. I, I think they've done a fantastic job. Um, and, hey, it has four motors that have 835 combined horsepower, and it goes 0 to 60 in, like, three seconds. So, like, how can you argue with that? Toes tows 11,000 pounds. Now, granted, your range will go down with that, but it does it. And that's the enthusiast part of it, right? Like, it, it, it checks those boxes. It's incredibly fast, incredibly sophisticated. The interior is really beautiful. Very beautifully crafted, uh, great fit and finish, quiet, high quality materials. The structure is very solid. Uh, the suspension—it's got this really cool uh, air-over-hydraulic uh, suspension with a virtual roll bar, and it—you know—is height adjustable and all those types of things. It's—it's it's really a phenomenal platform and vehicle, and, and Rivian did a great job. There's two things that I'll use as caveats. I think an EV, full EV makes a lot of sense if uh, let's say the Rivian this truck has a 260 270 real world range and if you do 300 miles a week and you charge every night perfect use case for this type of vehicle where I think the battery electric vehicle sort of falls on its face at least a little bit is for those who want to do those cross-country excursions Um, so for this trip you know I'm I'm putting on something like a thousand miles in a few days and I'm you know obviously tied to the charging structure um, or the charging, uh, network. And you know, every charger is a little bit different. Older ones, are like 50 kilowatts, new fast chargers are like 350 kilowatts. The Rivian itself can't take on that much power at that level. It's at somewhere around, I think limited like 200 to somewhere in there kilowatt hours, um, that it can onboard. So those are obviously the three fifties are great because they are sort of like, you know, future-proofing themselves for the cars that can take on more. So to just uh, clean that up a little bit, when you're going to battery chargers, there's different levels. There's 50 kilowatts, there's 100 kilowatts, 150. Yeah, I don't think- The big uh, ones are 350.
0: The the guys who are most of us aren't driving EVs, so we don't know this. That's the maximum
1: rate of charge going through the cable, basically. So the higher that rate, the faster you can charge your battery pack. However, a lot of vehicles can't take on 350 kilowatts because they just don't have that capability yet. They will in the future- so Rivian can only onboard a maximum of around 200, 225, something like that.
0: Any idea what, the, what what's the limiting factor? Is it is it cooling? Like meaning a, the, the batteries are ba- hot. Or battery something?
1: chemistry. It's whatever they're charging and um, I don't know if it's the charger or the inverter. I guess it's the charger that takes on on the the vehicle side charger, but it has to be you know they they have to be able to um, take that on without torching the batteries. And so it, they'll even tell you, Rivian says, like if you fill up every day at one hundred percent, you're hurting this battery their recommendation is, you know, fill up to 80% every day, not 100. Hmm. You don't always have to be at 100 in it, right? Um, so that's one of those things you have to, you know, take account for. Also, uh, as I explain here, basically they're stair-stepping it. So you may get for the first, you know, 60% of this f- rapid charge. But as you get closer to 70%, 80 90% full, it starts to stair-step down and you get a longer tail of how long you have to sit at it. And talk about it a little bit more here. You know, the thing about cross-country is you're tied to the charging network. And in a gas vehicle, I fill up the gas vehicle and uh, it takes me 10 minutes and I'm on my way. In an electric vehicle, a full charge could take an hour, two hours. So you have to make sure not only are you route planning around charging networks and charging stations, but that you're adding those additional hours to your trip. So somebody might want to cover a thousand miles in a day. Well, you're going to be filling up, you know, three times during that trip. And so that's at least three extra hours. Now you can mitigate that a little bit and the reason I say this one of the things that I'm learning is, so if I go to a 350 kilowatt sh- uh, charger, um, and it's doing, let's say it's 400 miles an hour that it's adding back in range to the battery pack, it's not doing that the entire charge. Around 75, 80% or so, the, the vehicle starts to stair step, and by stair step, I mean it lowers the power coming from the charger to the vehicle to protect the batteries. So as you get deeper into your charge, the charging time to get to 100 you know, gets a little further away. So the way to mitigate that is to you know in a gas vehicle you're 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 going 100% every time. You don't necessarily have to do that in EV. You could probably do 15 or 20 minutes of charge and only get up to 75 or 80% and never go to 100 so you're never in that slow charging period and that's one way of of getting, you know, more bang for your buck in terms of your time and bandwidth and
0: But then what are you doing to your your range anxiety if you're never really getting that max and and I guess you really have to, the way that you trust your fuel gauge in your in your in your truck, although you shouldn't in your GM GMT uh, eight hundred. Say what? You know, but um, I guess you that would be perceived fuel economy. Yeah, perceived fuel economy. You've got to really trust that little icon, which it's, uh, it's very, albeit kind of small on the on the dash. Well, that the electric. Says,
1: I'll tell you right now, the electric ranges are very very accurate, amazingly accurate. So I don't think that's I don't think that's as much of an issue, but it's more about. If you don't spend two hours every 300 miles to recharge, spend 15 minutes every 220 miles to recharge and get just back up to 70 or 80%, then get down to whatever fast charge to 70 or 80%. Get back down to whatever fast, because then you're only charging in 15 to 20 minute chunks rather than two hour chunks, extending your time sitting there doing nothing.
0: And and this is going to sound stupid to you, but not as stupid to people who don't drive EVs and who have never even sat in an EV. And that is- It ain't free. Like electricity is not free. No, it's actually pretty expensive. So you charged up not all the way full. It was 50 Mm -hmm. bucks. Mm -hmm. I saw that because you posted Mm -hmm. it.
1: It's like 210 or 12 miles for
0: 47 something. And I wonder what's going to happen when everyone is taxing the grid. Well, I'll
1: tell you right now that there were already times on this trip where I was hitting the, the fast chargers and there was a line when I got there.
0: And there's going to be a surcharge, right? Just like if we get an Uber, you know, on a busy Saturday night and the rates go
1: up. Well, there's already surcharges on the property owner who has a charging station. If you're sitting there squatting and not charged in, you could be charged 10 cents a minute or whatever to sit in that parking space doing nothing.
0: Oh, you're just sitting there. So once
1: the charger's done, if you're still plugged in and you're not charging anymore, you're sitting there, they start tacking on additional money to your account. They want you in and out. They want you in and
0: out. Wow, it's going to be so wild how this this thing plays out because I, everyone's like, oh, it's, it's going to be cheaper, and we get to be in the carpool lane yeah, at least in California. Not anymore. No, it, it's, it's, that's gone now. It's, it's gonna, yeah, it's, it's gone or it's going to be gone. No, it's gone. I don't. Oh, think, it is I don't think gone? They're doing the stickers anymore. No. Are you sure? I yeah. see I see new cars with brand new cars, brand new Teslas, brand new BMWs with with stickers on them. Yeah, I think the program ran out uh, last year. Mm. Or it's it's super close. Okay. Well, anyway, I just think it's it, it's. All these people that are so like all about EV. All these like oh my god, all these Tesla homers, as you would call them, uh, and mostly are Tesla homers at this point. I mean, you know, I, I doubt you have too many people driving around going, "I'm a Volt fan," you know. Actually, I'm, Volt, a, I'm a Volt are great. They are great. are great. I'm great just cars. saying they don't. They're not. They're not pompous like Tesla owners. The vo- and, what, Volt
1: guys. Well, those and those aren't battery electric either. Those were hybrids. No, the oh, are they? Bo- are sure? Bolt. I, Bolt is the uh, EV. Volt, okay, Volt, Volt was hybrid, the hybrid, okay. and they were they were great cars. They yeah. they really did a great job. Now the other thing the, the Rivian is, in my opinion, again one of the if not the best so far from what I've experienced,
0: um, battery electric truck. Now wait a just a cotton pick in second. You I thought that the Hummer was your favorite. I
1: I haven't driven the Hummer. Uh, outside of a proving ground. So oh. I think there's things about Hummer that- So maybe they, I misread it because your they, excitement,
0: because you were you, you were so impressed by no,
1: it. No, I'm still impressed by it. It's, it's a great vehicle, but I haven't used it out in the wild yet. And uh, I think there's some execution that GM did that's way better than what Rivian did. But Rivian's the one that has this in my hands. And uh, out of the brief amount of time I've spent in battery electric vehicles, this one feels like a complete vehicle that you can take and do stuff with. So uh, I can change my mind. At any time, um, but it, it's not perfect. There's not enough hard buttons. There's a bunch of you know stupid stuff that's buried in menus, like the odometer and trip. I got to go through a couple of menus on the big screen to
0: get there. Um, There's no rotary volume knob. Nope. There's no freaking rotary volume knob, nope. guys. Big, we know this. This is bigness. not. Listen, listen. Alpine, Kenwood, Sony, Blaupunkt. Nakamichi. I'm going back to brands that are no longer in existence. We have all learned through 30 years of aftermarket car stereos. People love a rotary freaking volume knob. Put one in an EV. Yep, they don't like them. The
1: way that it locks and unlocks and, and stuff like that can be infuriating sometimes when you're you don't know like you know the th- door handle won't open. Where's my key fob? You know all that stuff. The proximity doesn't always. At least in my case, in this vehicle, hasn't done exactly what i w- was thinking it would do when i approach and there's not like a physical on off button so that seems really weird that you put it in park and you walk away from the vehicle um, and you lock it on the key fob and that's off there's not like a well oh, i'm starting the car i'm turning it off there's no power button that's taking a lot to get used to because you just walk away and you're like there's i feel like i'm missing a step here a lot of manufacturers are going to that now i know the silverado is the same way It just recognizes the key in your pocket and turns on when you get there I don't know if I love that. I think I love the idea of being able to hit a button and, and turn the whole thing off. And then there's some other, like just niggly kind of stuff that is, you know, software fixable. Like you know where the odometer is and stuff like that. The menus, the, the steering wheel buttons aren't super intuitive all the time, uh, but you get used to it. It's like any vehicle. It's like okay, well this does that and this does that. So you get used to it. So it's it's hard to complain after a couple days when I didn't like it at first. And it's like I can tolerate it now. The other thing is. You know, the, the, uh, entertainment stuff is, is kind of goofy. There's no AM radio. I, I think that's because of how it interferes with the EV. Um, there's FM, but there's no Sirius XM. There's no Apple CarPlay. There's no Android Auto. And most of your choices on entertainment go through your phone. So that's slightly annoying, um, I left my phone the other day and I'm like, Oh, and I can't really play anything. Cause I'm not hooked up to like Spotify in the car or whatever. And I don't have my you know, phone, cell phone reception and all that kind of stuff. So those are little things that are really goofy. Um, some of the things I really do love though is, uh, you know, the gear storage behind the rear seat, the retractable tonneau cover, um, how easy it is to put the crossbars on, on the back and make those usable. Um, it's got both a onboard air compressor for airing up tires, as well as, you know, um, outlets in the bed and in the vehicle and um, really well thought out really good but you know you guys want to know my initial thoughts that's it Rivian R1T fantastic battery electric vehicle not right for everybody perfect for some people and if you're looking to go in the battery electric space and you want a battery only vehicle um, definitely one to look at it's one of my favorite ones that are on the market really well done uh, but there's going to be a few of those kind of little functional drawbacks here and there that might you know irritate you as a uh, as as an owner like uh having to use the screen to adjust your ac vents you know cool feature but when you just want to grab your ac vent put air on your face it's sort of you know annoying and uh, i guess that's it for now so uh thanks for listening to me ramble on about my ev experience so far in the r1t and thanks for driving with
0: sean so there you go. Thanks for driving with Sean. Is that your new say that. YouTube uh, no, I channel? Say that.
1: I, I, I always say that. That's at the end of all my videos that I post on my Instagram. Thanks for
0: driving with Sean. Yep. It, do you, I have uh, a hashtag, driving with Sean. Why have you not launched a YouTube channel yet? Uh,
1: because there's like too many YouTube channels. It's like I have a YouTube channel. Just, I just don't do anything with it because I don't have time to edit videos. And there's a gazillion other people out you there. You need
0: to pay your daughter to edit your videos. Mm, no. no. That's not really her jam. That's yeah. what that's what kids do. They edit videos. Uh, no All mind. of them. Every single mm-hmm. kid. No, she doesn't. Nope. She hangs out at record stores. No, what she does she knits. do? She knits. Mm-hmm. And listens Damn. to vintage Damn. records. Damn. She. See, I, I. The record thing. I got. Mm-hmm. Huh. In her plaid pants. In her plaid pants. Huh. Uh-huh. Her
1: vintage plaid pants that mm-hmm. she bought at a thrift store because mm-hmm. that's that's her that's her jam.
0: Well, Holman, I appreciate your. Drug Strangely enough, I didn't do either on uh, this particular trip. No, it... Uh, oh, that would be awesome if you had truck nuts behind a Rivian. you got to do that. Can we do that on the way home? No, because I don't have the Rivian now. I just I traded it back for the TRX. Oh.
1: Yeah, the TRX How lucky is- are you, though? You get to drive up oh, here yes. in a Rivian and home in a TRX. How lucky are you? You got to drive them. I just... I'm co-pilot. Yeah, but that's my job. You're just a rando who, oh, oh, I'm a who rando fills now. up the passenger seat like ballast. You're a
0: dick. And uh, you <laughs> should you should be the envy of all your friends. Uh, I should be. Right. I'm not, but I should <laughs> be. All right. Is it time to talk paint protection film versus ceramic, or is there a place for both? Is that a rhetorical question, I or are you so. leading into a segment? <laughs> We're going to call Chris Hardy, who is at Expel, I think... You could say that they're the authority in the space. Okay, you could say that, and you did. So let's call them. All right, dial. Chris, sir. Chris, Lightning and Holman Truck Show podcast. How How you doing? How's it going?
2: I'm good, my brother. How are you?
0: Fantastic. Do you got both of us in the studio? But before we can speak to you, we got a quick intro. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Crew, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, the department. wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, the department. and your wife warns you not to, don't you
3: spend our money,
0: and then you'll want to come back. So Chris, we've been talking about various paint protections, whether it's ceramic coatings, we had a detailer from Shine Supply on getting his kind of third party view. Um, and then, you know, we knew that we had to speak with someone about paint protection film. And like I feel like Expel is the benchmark is kind of the godfather in the space. And so I tracked you down. And then I found out that holy crap you guys also offer a ceramic coating which was I was stunned and delighted well let's let's explain we've we've had it's not really an argument but a discussion about the
1: differences between paint protection film some of the self-healing properties of some of the ones that are out there versus ceramic coat because you know the typical truck guys out there off-roading and there's Branch scratches and there's rock chips and there's you know they can't fit it in their garage. You get bird droppings and you know all, all the normal stuff that that these finishes are exposed to. And we're trying to figure out which product is right for which people and uh, and you know hoping to have a, a, another expert on the show to kind of dispel the myths and and put us on the right path.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that you know my own personal background and experience would be able to really highlight where there's a benefit on both of those because there's a reason why we offer both both are genuinely beneficial but they're beneficial for different reasons and at the end of the day you know if i can help you know dispel some of the myths that are circulating around one product versus another then then obviously i'd help i'd love to help out
0: yeah and what's your background chris because we you and i had a, a like a, a pre-interview conversation and you started to tell me and then i stopped you because i didn't want to know i wanted it to be uh, you to surprise me on the uh, on the air here. So where do you come from? What's your story before you joined expel? All
2: right. Well, yeah, I'll I'll give that to you. It it is a little unique from what people are quite often used to, you know, look, I did, I do work for, you know, a multi-billion dollar corporation. I'm in a higher level management position and it's quite common that those individuals that are at that role or even roles below and above are, are typically coming out of corporate America. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. But, in my case, it's a lot more hands on boots to the ground kind of individual where I, I came out of the auto industry. You know, I'd worked in the auto industry within the sales department and management department of dealerships for many years. And then I had a, a, a fantastic friend and, and who became a great business partner of mine up in British Columbia, Canada. We opened up uh, three brick and mortar operations that specialized in window films, paint protection films, and ceramic coatings. And that's kind of how Expel had sort of fallen onto me, if you will. And, and, and when they had an opportunity or an opening on the eastern coast of, of the USA, they said, hey, you know, is there a chance you'd like to come and run that for us? And, you know, my partner and I figured out a way that that could make sense. And lo and behold, that's that's how I got here. So, so unlike the gentleman who's never, let's say, put film on or, or corrected a car or coded uh, and, and is only work from a book, if you will, the, this is real world application and, and understanding. So I think that that will be very beneficial, you know, versus that that other scene that I that I just described.
0: Yeah, so let's break it down and try to figure out first who the clients are for the right product and then talk about the product. So like my buddy Bob um, has a a beautiful, we've talked about him before. Um, he tows a boat every once Your in a while. Your buddy Bob he, is beautiful? No, he has a... A beautiful truck. Did I, is that what I said? It just was an awkward yeah, phrase. It, tru- it, <laughs> it
2: could have It could have been construed let, that way. Let, yeah. me let me say it again. My Bob's I'm a beautiful man. Clothes, nope, no, I'm, no. I'm beautiful. Let's <laughs> yeah. not worry let's, about Bob. L- let's
0: start again. I'll pretend as if I never said any of this. Thing. So Bob is a beautiful GMC truck. All right? Is or has? No, has. Okay. Well, I said, didn't I? Bob has a beautiful GMC is truck. Is he coated with
2: anything? God damn it. No. <laughs> is it lifted? Does he have some mud bars on? No, like, he right? doesn't. None <laughs> of that.
0: No. It's what year is it? Bones. Or diesel. It's a, it's a 19 model? diesel. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. You want to start trim level? You want to take over? For, yes, not, fully loaded.
1: Go ahead. We're just trying to get a picture. It's that beautiful Lightning. garnet red. This we just is audio. Whether or not
2: this is a valid reason for putting some application on his vehicle. That's all. Awesome. Listen, yeah.
1: here's the deal. Yeah. It's audio. We have to imagine what it is. And, and listen, if Bob doesn't take care of his truck, there's no reason to talk about expel. Paint protection film. Well, he, I'm getting to that. Okay, well, I'm, just I'm trying to make a mental I, image. I'm freaking
0: getting to that. Clearly, he's, got he's a beautiful, beautiful truck, man. Right? We just need to make sure he has the he's, right By film. the way, he's not a beautiful man. I'm he's feeling a, I'm very jealous at this moment. <laughs> he he's a big boy. And so, like, he went out and got ceramic coating on his on this truck. And because he thought it was going to protect the paint for, like, chips and stuff as he was driving to lake havasu with his boat and i think he kind of made an is his une- boat beautiful uh it, i don't know i haven't seen his boat so i don't know it's just going south
1: isn't, here for me. isn't
2: any boat beautiful i mean you're out on the I water i guess so you, yeah as long as it's really not sinking, the especially home. the first
1: day and the last <laughs> yeah. day of boat ownership <laughs> yeah.
2: so i mean yeah I, I, I know where this is going i mean th- this is a this is a This is a very common problem, but keep going. My apologies.
0: Well, no, no, we're having fun here. That's what I do. So, like, I just think that he made a a, a decision. He gets this brand-new truck, and he gets it ceramic-coated, and he thinks it's going to protect my paint. Well, it turns out that he actually should have gotten a paint protection film because as he's towing it out through the desert or going out, they've got apparently a house out in Palm Springs. There could be sandstorms out there, and you're crossing the, uh, the 10 freeway, and you get blasted with sand. Guess what? Your paint's now matte, right? There's so... I want to talk about those scenarios. What's the right product for the for the person?
2: Okay, so look, maybe a combination of both, right? At the end of the day, when I present ceramic coatings to prospective clients in a retail section, right, I, I'm really candid with them. I'm like, look, you might have this false image that, that ceramic coating, while it is a harder chemical than the clear coat on your vehicle, it is not what I would refer to as proper paint protection you know and, and and by that i'm referring to things like you mentioned right stone chips and scratch marks and things of that nature again harder right because it's on it's 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 graduated on what's called a mo scale mohs and it's a 90 it's typically a 9h product which is as hard as it gets you you actually can't get higher than that uh, there are some people that have this argument with me and i'm like look I, i'll let you let you fly at it but You know, it's kind of like saying there's something beyond infinity, right? There's nothing that ranks higher than nine. Clear coat is nowhere near a nine, but really good ceramic coatings, which most are, are on nine H. Great. So it's harder than the clear coat and maybe less likely to scratch and less likely to chip, but it's still going to happen. And so, where you've got those major impact areas, whether you're driving, you know, in in northern climates where maybe they're laying gravel and, and, and salt and sand on the road, or any southern climate or any climate for that matter, because the minute that a road, a car, sort of, you know, or truck, you know, ends up uh, towards the side of the road, what's happening, right? It's it's not it's not paved anymore, right? It's pulling some of those gravel edges onto the road, and and this is what's making connection with your paint. And as you can imagine, as I'm driving over that stuff, you know, my tire is is, is spinning backwards, maybe at sixty miles an hour, and I'm driving, and the other guy behind me is driving forward at sixty miles an hour. There's easily hundred and twenty mile per hour impact. Of, of whatever that contamination was or road debris was uh, making connection with any part of my vehicle, right? So typically that's going to be your front bumper, the, the front part of your fenders, the front part of your hood, although it can make connection further back. It's definitely going to be along the rockers of, of your truck, definitely in front of the rear tires. You know, the dualies are the biggest problem, right? Because you have those fenders that stick out. There's a reason why when you go and look at a brand new truck on on a on a dealership lot, The manufacturers actually usually put a little piece of paint protection film, especially on duallys, down in front of that rear wheel. It's not big enough, but I mean, it's something, right? It starts it. And so your friend, quite often, you know, people look at ceramic coating and they're thinking, well, this is the wonder drug that came out that that made made it possible to forget about paint protection film. And there's a couple of reasons why you'd like to. One is because paint protection film is insanely harder to perform in terms of putting it on application-wise and to make it look reasonably good. Pain protection film is not an invisible product the way that the way that ceramic coating is ceramic coating is a liquid that is going to that is going to harden and harden in very clear status uh, unless there's what's called high spotting and stuff like that but you can fix that but at the end of the day it's it's really truly invisible and paint protection film is a is a thick uh, urethane that is going to that is going to be mostly invisible and I would say more like from three to five feet away almost completely invisible but as you get really close you will see, some you know issues with regards to the install you you it's not possible not to, to in an entire install to find something but again it's more like well where do i want to be right am, am i looking for my vehicle to look fantastic after a few years or do i or, or do i just not care and, and you know i i mean it really doesn't matter to me you know a lot of people are thinking well is that therefore only applicable on really high-end cars luxuries and exotics and i, and I think that's completely false right I always tell people, look, whether I have a client who's bought a, a $400,000 brand new Ferrari and is super proud of that, or I have a client who's bought a brand spanking new $25,000 Kia, I can guarantee you that the person that just bought that $25,000 Kia is just as proud about their brand new vehicle purchase as the, as the gentleman or woman, for that matter, that just bought that, that Ferrari, right? I mean, you look at these trucks these days. These trucks are easily running well into the, you know, into the 100 grand plus range. And, and I feel like truck owners of, of anybody is probably maybe the most proud customers on the planet uh, overall, you know, my own personal shops, which I'm no longer a part of, uh, you know, uh, our partnership is, is, is gone its own way, but you know, they're in Canada, they're in Western Canada. And if you were to go and look at the Facebook page and the Instagram and stuff like that, you would see that 95% or maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating by a few percent, but it's like 85% plus of the vehicles that we're installing uh, paint protection film on are in fact pickup trucks and SUVs, uh, and and again it's it's just because that's a dominant uh, vehicle purchase in that climate. But the reality is that those owners are, are super proud and and super you know super uh, worried about whether or not their 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 paint's going to get damaged, and so they put paint protection film. Now, are they doing the extent that maybe a, a Lamborghini is, where they're covering the whole entire vehicle and spending anywhere from six to fifteen thousand dollars? No. But are they doing perhaps mostly the full? I mean, the most common package is a full front end, and then what you would, what you guys of course would understand, is the rockers, and then the real wheel impact. Those those specific uh, pieces are usually covered by paint protection film, and then we will still ceramic coat the rest of the vehicle. Ceramic coating, in my personal opinion, is perfect for that individual like myself who wants the most beautiful looking call it wax job that you've ever seen done to a vehicle, right? Like when you guys go to truck shows and, and you go to SEMA and things like that, and you're looking at all these stunning machines and they're constantly being, you know, kept clean and wiped down and, and polished and stuff. That's how a ceramic coating makes a vehicle look. And, and the benefit is that ceramic coating will genuinely last for years, right? Where, where even the best waxes you're lucky for going to last a month. And, and there's of course a, a lot of elbow grease that goes into waxing a vehicle maybe some of them got a little bit easier now but at the end of the day it's still a lot of labor intensive uh, you know performance where you have a professional do a ceramic coating job and again you know uh you know it, it will last as years typically though you will have a yearly what we call inspection where they'll look it over they'll, they'll do what's called a decontamination wash and then they will spray the vehicle confirm that the ceramic coating is of course still upholding and if it does uh, see you later and if it doesn't they might have some reapplication process involved but for the person who wants the most beautiful stunning vibrant paint and make it super easy to clean right because as you guys i'm sure are aware ceramic coating is 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 typically hydrophobic right meaning it will repel water well again that's a big benefit because when i'm driving down the road and and of course sooner or later i'm going to hit rain the, the, the dirt tends to accumulate within the raindrops. Those raindrops bead off of the vehicle, and they tend to carry the vast majority of the dirt with it. And it doesn't make things easy to stick to it. Uh, the only thing that I think you can typically find that will stick to ceramic coatings uh, and will stick to anything is, is iron particles. But aside from iron particle, almost nothing sticks to ceramic coating. And So again, I look, I paint protection film almost every vehicle I have, if not every vehicle I have, but I still ceramic coat every single vehicle I have. Some of them I ceramic coat the film and the paint. Some of them I, I'm ceramic coating just the paint because I've got coated film. You know, there's lots of different options, but at the end of the day, there's still a benefit to both. But ceramic coating also is a lot cheaper, right? I mean, I can do an entire vehicle. Typically, the most common price range for an entire vehicle on ceramic coating, on terms I'm talking exterior, probably going to be in that $1,500 range. So okay. massive price difference and, and definitely difference in application purposes.
1: Okay, well, hold on. I'm gonna. Do, I'm letting that uh,
0: marinate for a moment. And
2: yeah, I'm sorry. Too no, much no, at once. No, no, no it's no, great. No. That was great. And, and,
0: and by the way, Chris, if you're looking for a new job, we're looking for a third host because you're freaking awesome. I'm in. <laughs> Let
2: me know. <laughs> Call me in.
0: It pays horrible. Actually, you have to pay lightning
1: I'm, to uh, do it. Yeah, you cost. I gotta pay
2: you guys. Yeah. In. No, no, no big deal. <laughs> well, I win. Mean, anyways, when I, you're
0: when you're I in Southern California, California far, Chris, if you're out here in Southern California, just note to self: please stop by. We're in El Segundo at Motor Trend. Um, done. You touched on something that I thought was interesting. You said I'll uh, put a a paint protection film on, and then I'll also ceramic coat on top of it. That sounds like only a luxury that someone like you might have. The our listeners are like, okay, yeah, it's, it's five six grand for paint protection film, and then another two grand on top. Like that's that's bonkers, right? Um, so
2: right, and that's that's where most customers will not be in price point, right? And I apologize. What what I what I meant to say is that a full vehicle is going to typically start around $6,000 and then work their way up. Depending on the market, depending on the quality installation, depending on the film itself, depending on the shop that you're interacting with, right? You you will find paint protection film jobs that are running upwards of $15,000. But again, those typically tend to be on the super exotic vehicles like the Bugattis and the you know the you know the the Conus eggs and things like that. When we're talking about pickup trucks, let's let's talk about Camels, British Columbia, right, which is the market I know the best because you know again my partner and I were involved and he's still involved in that market for years. And and typically you're probably hitting you know twelve hundred plus vehicles per year. The very common package on a pickup truck or an SUV is full front bumper. If there's a grill surround that's painted, doing that as well. The front part of the hood, not necessarily the whole hood, but the front part of the hood, maybe the first eighteen to twenty four inches, the very front part of the fenders the mirror caps, the headlights, the fog lights, and, and that's it for paint protection film. Maybe they're gonna also do the rockers, right? But if we're just talking what we would call a partial front end, which is the description I just gave you, you're only, you're only gonna be in that like 13 to $1,500 range. If you're gonna to go to a full front end, meaning instead of stopping the line up the hood, you know, 18 to 24 inches and doing the full hood and the full fenders, you might be more in that two grand to $2,400 range. And then, you need a, it's a ceramic coat the entire exterior of the vehicle, including that film, you're probably in that fifteen hundred dollars range. So, I, again, I would think oh, that you're so more likely like $3,000 to four thousand okay. dollars for a pickup as the average, the average RO or average work order versus versus what you would do in another vehicle. Now there I understand. You so sense. you're
0: so for the hard rock chips where we always get in the headlights and such. And those all those frontal areas, I'm using paint protection film. Then, where I'm concerned about the the horizontal surfaces where the bird droppings and the acid rain and all that, then I'm ceramic coating right yeah. okay, interesting. Yeah, that's absolutely. that's a that's a that's a cool combination, all right now, how are we deciding when we're, for example, at expel and we're looking through ultimate fusion, ultimate plus, stealth track wrap, Lux plus, you've got all these different paint protection films. What? How do I know what I'm searching for here?
2: Well, OK, so the reality is we've obviously got, like you mentioned earlier, right, different clients with different needs. And and, and so Expel, as you mentioned earlier, and I certainly don't mean to sound disrespectful, we have great competitors, right? There's quite a few competitive brands to Expel. There's probably in around 30 different brands that a, that a consumer could purchase from at this point. Which ones do you but use? X- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously Xpel. But I mean, Xpel is the dominant player in pain protection film and has been for quite a few years. Why? Well, if you guys would remember that some of the older paint protection films that you would look at, uh, and you can still see them driving around to this day, you're like, what happened to the front end of that car? There's something really weird because the front end looks like, it just, like it's got a smoker's cough or something. And what it is is old film that turns yellow. Yeah, and and in 2011, Expel was the first company to market with a non-yellowing paint protection Okay,
0: felt. I I need to stop you right there. And I apologize for interrupting, but that is the one reason that my friend Holman across the table from me hasn't done it on his beautiful Stingray JL Jeep. Well, that's not the that's not okay. The real one. But you brought it up more no, than one occasion. No. You're like, well, it's, it yellows, and I don't want it to yellow, and I've got this beautiful paint. No, You'd I would rather I would get do scrapes, it. you know, from scrub brush. No, on it's the too side late now. It's, it's not got too brushes late. All, no, a, it's yeah, not. It's, it's too not late. too late. It's not down to the primer. It's not too late. My buddy Rob could come over from CR Shine. Yeah, he could. He could detail it. Well, he'd have a lot beautiful. of detailing
1: to do, and it, it would cost me a arm no, and a. No, I got Rob. Is my,
0: Rob is my boy, and he'll he'll hook you up or a guy from. Is it you know, self healing also? Supply. So that yeah, we, so
2: that was a that was a byproduct of the of the non yellowing. We had to figure out a way to stop yellowing, right? And there was two reasons why yellowing was happening. The older reason, and the very older reason, was that it was due to the glue, right? The glue, the glue was, you know, being hit with UV rays, and then in turn, somehow that was having some kind of reaction to the glue and making the, the glue turn yellow underneath the film. But then, what really started to come about was that urethane, which is the vast majority of the, of the product itself, is porous, right? And as you guys can imagine, when we open up pores, especially in heat, and dust and contamination and pollution and stuff like that's going to get into the pores, hence the discoloration. So we figured out a way to put a, a coating on top of the urethane that would bond itself to it and stay there, and in turn block those pores. Now the cool part was the byproduct of that top coat. That top coat is self healing, so it, it looks like a partner trick. Like if when 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 I, when I here I am, guys. You guys know I, or maybe you don't, but I was at the Barrett Jackson West Palm Beach today, right? And we were we were, we have a booth going on there, and you know we have this we have this like mini hood. And it's got paint protection film on it, and we take a brass wire brush in front of customers and we say, Watch this, and we scratch the film. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And that's exactly the reaction, right? Like 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 the, the nails on the chalkboard, right? Just like people cringe. And then and then we're like, well now watch this. And so we take out a heat gun to emulate the idea that the car's sitting outside in you know in, in nice warm weather. And take the heat gun and, and take the heat gun over it for like, you know, 15, 20 seconds. Like all those scratches of like, it looks like it just melted away. So that's why okay. I need looks that. Like no, so I, I saw I this.
0: So, so Chris, I saw this at SEMA three or four years ago when you guys had a huge booth in the North Hall. And I'm like, oh my, that's that's crazy. You know, I remember watching the guy take out the, I, I he did the same thing on a black hood. He took the wire brush, boom, boom, boom. And then I was like, well, that just destroyed that hood. And then, with the heat gun and I watched it in front of my own eyes and it, I was like, you gotta be kidding me with that. Yeah. I I can't tell
2: you how often people are like, what did you just do? Like, come on, like tell me. And I'm like, no, this is for real. And this has been around since 2011. So, so getting back to what we were sort of starting on is that, yeah, expel was the first to market with that. And of course, all the competitors have now caught up to that and have for some time, every single one of them has got some kind of, you know, self healing, non yellowing paint protection film. And, and you know, here we've got this awesome warranty. It's actually guaranteed for 10 years to not yellow on you and, and to stay in that shape and, and to maintain that clarity and everything. And, and the cool part about Xpel is that Xpel's warranty is transferable, where I don't know if there's another – I might be wrong, but I don't think there's another paint protection film where it's transferable, right? Most warranties are kind of written in such a way that whatever I call the warranty term, whether I want to call it lifetime or 10 years or whatever – it ends the minute I trade in or sell the car. In other words, if it changes hands, the warranty is done. Well, you know, you guys know as well as I do, the average consumer in the U.S. isn't even keeping a vehicle for three years. So what's the real warranty term? Well, then the law of averages says it's only going to be three years or less. In our case, any warranty we put on, whether it's our window film for automotive, which is lifetime warranty, or paint protection film or coating, the minute that the vehicle gets traded or sold, doesn't matter. The, the, the warranty is actually on the serial number. And so as long as the vehicle's not crushed, that warranty stays in place. So that's how sure we are that it's not going to turn yellow. And that was the real game changer in the market, which brought Xpel to the forefront of the, of the paint protection film world. All that said, at the end of the day, we still have lots of different products to offer you. A lot of vehicles now come with a matte paint, right? Some kind of matte paint. and Which, you know, by the way, become, the you more
1: you to, rub it
0: to clean it, the more you polish it,
1: the, worst, the shinier yeah, the worse it gets. Oh, and it's crazy. Yeah, you're, and and you're by totally the way,
2: done.
0: it's a huge upcharge for matte paint. Like it's 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 spendy.
2: Huge, and and you're right. Like you know, uh, you you go to polish something that's happened to it, and you screwed yourself because it's absolutely glistening and, and 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 shiny the way that you didn't want it in the first place. And now you've got to spray a, a clear coat obviously back on it in order to get back to that matte look. So, so instead of doing that, well, we've got a stealth film that, that emulates that finish. The really cool part is that of course, so many people want that stealth look. They don't want to spend that $10,000 surcharge or more. They, they want to get paint protection film done anyways. Well, okay. As long as you're going to do the whole car, we can matte out the whole car and give it that exact same appearance, but with film instead right? And that's the reason for stealth. Now, then we also have different thicknesses. We have seven mil, which is really more engineered for interior components, right? Maybe your, your screen, your nav screen, and all the little you know pieces inside the vehicle that might be, whether they're black plastic or carbon fiber or, or wood trim or whatever, they, they get scratched up pretty bad too. So nice to have some protection there. And then we also have a thicker film, which is a 10 mil film, and by the way, mill. some people confuse that with millimeters. No, mill is M-I-L, which stands for thousandths of an inch. So we have a 10 mil film, and, and yeah, I think I mean, that se- where you would see- I 7
0: millimeter would be ridiculous. That's a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I literally no, know, that's, wet. that's right, two wetsuits. Right,
2: <laughs> right, 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 right. Mean, I was just scuba diving in St. Croix this a couple of weeks ago. I, yeah, I can't imagine trying to dive with that. But uh, yeah, like you're saying, I mean, or, or like I'm saying, uh, the 10 mil is probably beneficial for those that are- more aggressive drivers, right, for sure, or maybe more aggressive environments, uh, and or people that are maybe tracking the car, right? Again, where that would, you know, become obviously better. Because the last thing you also want to pretend is that while ceramic coating doesn't stop stone chips, paint protection film is not impenetrable, right? And again, another misconception out there where people Oh, think, I, I well, can
1: prove that one. So like my 20 Wrangler JL... Comes from the factory with a paint protection film strip over the leading edge of the rear fenders, and they are yep. f- furry now. Furry, yeah, and, yeah and, from uh, all the rockets.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Now, uh, now, typically, of course, the manufacturers tend to go with the least expensive product they can find to put on the vehicle. So I'm not sure that it would same have the same sort of pliability and durability, if you will, that the that the better you know retail brands would have. And I'm not saying it's not a really good brand name that made that film, but again, let's keep in mind… It's the lowest common
1: denominator. To, yeah. Yes,
2: exa- exactly, well, exactly. But but
1: it's great for the average guy who is driving on the street or whatever, but I have like 10,000 off-road miles on my Jeep, like legit. So it, it
0: wasn't great for that. Well, but hold on. I had a black 5 Series BMW. This is more than a decade ago. And I remember I'm going up the 405 freeway, and I something hits me so hard on the hood. It kicked over, hit the hood, and I felt it like a piece of metal. And it bounced over me. Luckily, it didn't get the, uh, the windshield. And I thought, well, that, that just destroyed my, my hood. I get out, and the hood actually had a little dimple in it, but there was no scratch in the paint. I was able to call up one of those dentless paint removal guys. Or dent- dentless paint, uh, dentless. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Paintless, ADRs. paintless dent. Remover. Paintless dent removal yep, guys. Yep. Yes, he knocked it out, and it was great. Now the, the funny because the film actually yellowed over time because it wasn't X Bell. This is many many years ago, but I will say that that I became a believer, uh, and I'm like so when I pick up this TRX in and in, you know a month or so, I now I think I'm doing this on the whole front clip.
2: Yeah, I, I, well, if on a TRX, there's no doubt there's no way I wouldn't myself either. But I mean, I've seen, look, I've had lots of clients send me videos of like, "Wow, well, check this out, you know, maybe themselves or somebody else was backing up. They happen to hit one of those, you know, posts in the ground, The yellow posts are in the ground and parking lots and stuff like that. Or they brush the garage and you can see the, the, the color that transferred onto the film and, and you're worried like, and you can see the film's even torn a bit you know, they, they, you know, pull the film off or steam it off or whatever you want to do in terms of removing it. And yet it, the paint underneath is quite, is quite, is beautiful. This is why insurance companies are quite content or quite happy. I guess I should say to spend for paint protection film versus repaint and depreciation of the vehicle, right? Some customers have asked me in the past, Hey, well, if I put this on the vehicle, well, let's just say something happens. Let's just say that I'm, you know, somehow somebody makes connection with my vehicle in a parking lot or something like that damages it. Is insurance going to cover it? Absolutely they will and and they'll gladly cover it. its it's part of something that you've done to the vehicle afterwards but you know as long as you they'll they'll see it the, the insurance claims adjuster will be pointed out you know the fact that you have this product on it you know right at the at the body shop itself or a claim center so it, it's again it's a great it's a great product now you also have uh, something that you mentioned earlier track wrap right this, this is something you could do yourself and and I think that this has got two two real benefits to it one we have clients who've got a shop in mind that they want to have whether it's paint protection film or ceramic coating performed at, versus maybe the dealership they're picking it up at or or in that general vicinity that they're picking the vehicle up at. And so what we'll suggest to them is, well, why don't you go online and you can purchase track wrap and you can actually install that yourself? It's a dry application, it's not a wet application. It doesn't take a whole lot of skill set on like PPF, normal PPF does. And so, you know, fly at it, you know, put some strips on, you know, no different than I'm sure you guys have seen. Some of these guys driving around with vehicles where they've got the blue tape all over, it, right? Well, that—that's the intentional blue tape. Was <laughs> yeah. n- no different. This is just a, a lot more, a, a, a lot more beneficial, and going to have that have that result. The other reason, of course, is is what it sounds like, right? Tracking, right? So track wrap, like if you took the vehicle to the to the track, if you took the vehicle off road, and and you wanted to maybe have a, a an extra layer of protection, you could do that. So it's I, so I want to ask
1: you about that. Because yeah. I, I actually have looked at track wrap before, and it, it's, it's not it's not cheap. And um, no. it, I so I've tried different temporary uh, paint things no, no. on my Jeep. I want you to tell
0: him about the stuff that you painted on.
1: Yeah, well, that's what that's where I was going with this. Is is I would love to test out some track wrap because I have used it's like Elmer's glue you can get off uh, Amazon and you roll it on with a paint roller. And it stays on and you until you hose it off, and then you peel it off like a big scab or a band-aid. And that yeah. actually worked pretty good. like i've I've done like a week-long trip three times with that stuff installed. Where it absolutely did protect my paint, and it's it. I was surprised because I thought it was snake oil. But, and didn't it actually,
0: but didn't it look like ass when it was on? No, because you're, you,
1: the jeep gets dirty, so it just looks like dirt. <laughs> so it's not a big yeah, deal. But that's ridiculous. Like, all right, so no, we, it, lo- it looks like you have a matte. So light as, light long as, as
2: long as it stays dirty, you can't really. See well, that's the whole thing. I'm only using it for.
1: I'm only using it for the weekend, <laughs> right? I'm only using it for a week long trip.
2: Somehow we're not using the word beautiful in this. In this, context. it's
1: not beautiful. But when I when I go and remove it. It is cathartic because you get to peel these long sheets well, of Elmer's glue stupid. off. stupid. It's a lot of work, and you're not going to want to do that sounds every time you like Sounds
2: like a scab.
1: It is. That's exactly <laughs> like it. And you're like, oh, this feels – and you can see, like, all the scratches in the stuff that you put on, but it, you, it doesn't make yeah. it through. And I was actually really not- pretty impressed for how cheap it is. But, like, I've wanted to try track wrap, and I was kind of curious. Like, is that something that's an alternative for those of us who, who like our 4x4s looking good in the city, but we want to have that extra level of protection when we're out in the, on the trail?
2: Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, l- let's go back to my own personal experience for a second, right? We also had a store on Vancouver Island. I don't know if you guys have ever done any off-roading up there, but the off-roading up there is pretty popular. Yep. You know, you've got a lot of brush, and I mean a lot. And the negative of course is that those that those trees or or, or branches, you know, off those off those bushes, they can be really sharp, and they can unfortunately be, you know, angled backwards towards where you're driving towards, right? Like coming at you. And so I've had clients who purchased pain protection film with the intention that, hey, is this going to, is this going to stand up to that kind of off-road, you know, uh, 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 driving style. And I'm like, look, I don't know the answer. You know, you're, you know, it's, it's definitely not impenetrable, right? If I took a knife out of my pocket and I stabbed the hood of my car. I guarantee you it's going for the film. Yeah, but i am talking about uh, glancing make,
1: blows, like like scrub yeah, brush and, scraping down the yes, side of it and rockets and things like that.
2: Yes. And so I and so again, like so what happened was this gentleman went off off roading for a week long trip, camping, et cetera, et cetera, hunting and all the whole mine yards. And and came back to us with it afterwards. And and yeah, the PPF definitely stood up really well. Was it was it still perfect? No. Was it really close to it? Yes. You know, and then so we did was on the next go around because he does this fairly frequently. We did that. We used track wrap instead and we wanted to see like, OK, well, track wrap is so much easier to install and it is a much less expensive product than, than paint protection film because you're doing the installation yourself. I'm not saying it's cheap. I'm just saying it's cheaper than, than the alternative. And and we recognized that, you know, that was a really inexpensive alternative in comparison that that gentleman could do to could do himself. And it stood up easily as well as the paint protection film uh, I did. So, okay. you know, we started How hard is it to remove Because
1: I, I, no, I'm gonna, super easy. I'm going to booger it up and I'm going to throw it on because I'm <laughs> just trying to get you know some something on before my trip. And but I want to get home. I want to be able to peel it off easily.
2: Yeah, I mean, look. After the call's done, send me your at- home address, and I will gladly send you some so you can just try it out for yourself and see what it's like. And, right. and I think you'll find it. When you pull it off, you might have some glue residue left over, but you that's know okay. that's, that's no big deal. You just use like a rapid remover or something like that. Some kind of. Goo Gone? No, you don't use goo-, goo-, yeah. goo
0: Gone. Is crap. By the way, I just ordered six cans off Amazon of three M of ad- stick off. Nope, no oh, was, of uh goodbye Goo. No, of three M oh. adhesive remover that they use that the regular car detailers use. And if it gets yeah. really bad, then I have uh one of those rubber wheels that you put on on the end of a, a drill motor. And yeah, that yeah. works like a champ. Um, you'll never try to take it off by hand again. So just if, if you are trying to take this stuff off and you do have, like, all of the Chevy side moldings, you know, when you're taking off those side moldings, which I, I detest, that always leaves a residue. That 3M uh, automotive adhesive leaves residue. And I just yeah. invest in a good can of 3M adhesive remover, and it makes all the difference. And I know that a lot of the guys at detail shops have a citrus style or there's a bunch of – but don't use freaking Goo Gone. Like, I don't like it. it I, 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 I'm not a fan and we have to yeah, do a lot super of stuff. Similar- it's greasy, yeah. and
2: I wouldn't use gugon either. I mean, there's a product called Rapid Remover, yeah. and it's funny because I think it was really designed, I mean, where you tend to find Rapid Remover is in hobby shops, and I don't know why it's very popular there, but it is, and, and I, don't, I don't shop at hobby shops often enough to, to recognize the reason behind it, but that's where we would typically find it and buy it, and, and, you know, and, and it, it, I found it fantastic. Look, the other reason why we're using it is because when we're putting paint protection film on a vehicle, you know, the manufacturer quite often will have emblems or badges, right? And if they're stuck on, as in like uh, like two-sided tape stuck on, they're not consistent in placement. It's not a laser-guided system that's placing that emblem in the identical place on every single vehicle. Well, as you can imagine, that can create a problem, right? Because we design these patterns or kits that I talked about earlier, and, and that's what we're going to cut the, the the film out in order to be able to put that onto the, onto the vehicle panel. Well, if that cutout for that emblem... If that emblem is not in the exact same places where the cutout was, now you've got this big issue. So, you know, with my own shops and with most shops, the better shops, what they will do is they will debadge the vehicle first, put the film on, and then put the badge back on top of it if the badge is savable. Sometimes the negative issue is that the badges are small and, you know, in, in character. And so when you when you take them off, you could break them or they might be too complicated to try and put back on because of the two-sided tape, you got to put it too thin. So you just order another set of badges and you stick them on on top of the film instead. But uh, I, I can't stand removing that two-sided tape. Like it is, it is like crazy difficult. I love that wheel, by the way, the white wheel that you're talking about. I use it a lot.
0: Let's talk about here's, – here's, so we have – I think Holman and I both have friends that, uh, that, that do paint protection films and vinyl wraps and all that stuff. And the one thing when you ask them about various brands, Xpel or others, and I go, you know, they, they have different opinions about the brands. But then you go like, well, I don't want you to use a razor blade around the edges. I'm like, oh, you don't have to. Xpel has all the best files. I'm like, so then what if you use a competing brand? They're like, well, we just use the Xpel files. I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. Like It's like this weird thing that I found out talking to guys. It's like even though they're using X brand, they're using the Expel cut files. I'm like, okay, so clearly Expel has their S together when it comes to the cut files about every single truck on the road. It tells me that you guys are like the repository of all the good info, you know, and guys are kind of – How does that make you feel? And and how did you imagine? Well, you're
2: going to have a good laugh then by the end of this for sure. I'm the I am the individual known throughout the United States and hated by some to be very candid for getting rid of that. I I found that absolutely ridiculous when when Expel asked me to come and join them over here on the East Coast and start running, I, at the time I think I was, I was managing 15 states and, and I started, and we would get an email for every transaction that one of our clients would, would, would do, right? There was an, a, an email, uh, copy of that invoice, if you will, that was sent to the, to the sales rep, in this case myself. And, and I used to get these emails and it would say, cut bank on them, and it would say like, let's say a thousand bucks. And, and, I, and I was like, what is this $1,000 cut bank thing? Like, I, I think I know what cut bank is, but I don't understand what the grand is for. Right. And I was like, wow, this thing kind of sounds like free money. I'm like, okay. And so I reached out to one of the other US reps. I said, hey, what is this all about? And they're like, oh, well, that's when somebody is using our software, but another film. Uh, and I'm like, sorry, but what? And they're like, well, what do you mean what? And I'm like, well, what? Yeah, what do you mean? Like, you can, you can use another brand of film and then use our patterns and they're like yeah well we we charge for that we charge an extra dollar per square foot so it's you know it's it's free money and i go and i go let me let me understand this correctly you think that for a dollar per square foot this is a benefit to expel we are actually helping all of our competitors make their film look better than it currently does even though they might have great looking film but better in installation than it currently does because they're using our patterns, and do you think that a shop is actually telling a customer, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know that the reason why your car looks so fantastic or truck looks so fantastic is because I used Xpel patterns to make it look this good. No, they don't. They talk about the film that they used and how phenomenal they were as an installer to make that, that installation look as good as it is. So there's no advertising going on for Xpel there's a minimum amount of resource, you're actually allowing this company to compete against your actual expel stops, right? The ones that are in fact using your film, you're enabling that competitor of theirs that's right down the street, that maybe couldn't get that job if they didn't have that pattern, because that client is aware of blades and doesn't want anything getting cut on their car. And and it's just, it made no sense. So so expo was a little concerned because here in the united states that's that's not how it was done it was kind of like what i said hey if you use a competitive film we would sell it to you at a a surcharge but everywhere else in the world we weren't doing that we weren't allowing it so i said well guys look i'm really uncomfortable with this and and this was back in october 2017 and i and i sort of said hey i i'm gonna i'm telling you right now i'm cutting every single one of these clients that's doing this off right now now they help they would give a choice right i would say you can either switch to my film and use Expel film, or you can no longer use my software. You choose. Like, it's not, I'm not going to force it on you. I'm just going to tell you it's one or the other. And Which it was is totally major, fair. And I thought it was totally fair, too. And I had very fair conversations with all of them. Some of them got outrageously upset because, look, uh, you know, you have friends that you mentioned that are in the business, right? I can guarantee you that whether it's a window tint person, or a ceramic coating person, or paint protection person, or a vinyl, they tend to love. Whatever they're currently using because they're accustomed to it and used to it. And and every film has a sort of different application process, if you will, maybe a different glue, a different stretchability, you know, it performs differently in one temperature versus another, humidity versus and and and, and the way the edges stick or not stick. I mean that that is an actual reality. And 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 just like tint, right? Some of them shrink easier, some of them don't, some of them have different colors, some of them have different scratch coatings. Uh, the The ceramic coatings themselves. Some of them flash fast. Some of them slash slowly. Some of them you can do a whole panel once, and you can only do a part of the panel one. Like there is drastic differences to all that. And so the installers, especially, forget the business owners, right? But the installers, especially, are very are very difficult to convince. Hey, this is a benefit to switch from your what you're currently using to another. But I I didn't care. You know, I, I didn't care. It wasn't about what you wanted to do as your installer. It was about what was best for Expel. So I, I shut it off. And everybody in Expel was seeing, you know, really good growth, right? You know, every single sales rep was seeing, you know, for sure, 30, 40% growth year over year, but I was seeing triple digit growth year over year. And it was because nobody or almost nobody was willing to, was willing to lose the patterns. You know, I started, you asked me some history and I started by saying, look, Expel started as a pattern company right back in the 90s. It, it, it wasn't a film company. It was a pattern company. They had, they had this mindset that there's got to be a better way to install paint protection film with a more efficient way, with, with less opportunity to, to mess up the car, in other words, cut the car up and have less waste and more accountability. And that's where patterns was derived from. And, and, that, and they never lost sight of that, even though they got into distributing film and then producing film and then going into window film and starting to cutting out The fact of the matter is that is what they started and they stayed on top of that. They have pattern designers all over the world, right? And and they've always done their pattern design for paint protection film in-house, meaning not relying on a third-party third 3rd shop to send something in and pretend it's the right car and hope it's the right car and pray to the gods it's the right car, and that it's actually a pretty, pretty decent pattern, which is what a lot of companies do. And, that wasn't and true for...
1: Talking about patterns really quick. People don't yeah. realize patterns aren't just scan the car and put them on there. Because of the different no. film, how it stretches, how it goes around convex or concave surfaces... It really has become something proprietary. After you get it just right, that you don't want to just hand out because it's probably taken you, you know, uh, tens to hundreds of hours to get it just perfect, so it lays just right on every body surface, and and so that's that's super important.
2: Yeah, it's really important. Look, at SEMA a couple years ago. You mentioned SEMA a couple years ago. There was a brand that was showing this 3D scanner thing, right? and 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 i saw this myself and i watched them scan a body panel of an exotic vehicle and i watched them walk over to the other computer and i watched them plot off that that fender and then i watched them go and install the fender and it was really good i was like oh man this is expels like number one resource that no competitor is even close to which is our pattern database like that's I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to other companies but that is for sure how i feel about it and i i'm really good friends with most of my competitors and, and maybe off the record maybe not so much on the record but off the record they all agree with me well here i'm looking at this and i'm and i'm kind of like crapping my pants right because i'm thinking wow like i could probably scan a bunch of cars in a couple of days and i could start to catch X pattern database so i brought over the head of our pattern uh, our design team and I said, "You got to come look at this. You got to come and see this right now. Come right now. Come over to this booth right now. You got to see this." And he, and I brought him over, and he started chuckling, and, and he walked off with me, and he didn't want to have source sound rude in front of them because that's not nice. And he said, "Chris, that same company's approached us every single year. What you don't know is that that pattern has already been plotted and tested and plotted and tested and modified and adjusted many many times over. They're just making it look like they just scanned it and they're just plotting it. It cannot <laughs> showmanship. It cannot." Yeah. It is right. It is, and that's what it gets down to. But it cannot sit there on a complicated p- panel. Okay, if the panel is completely 100% flat, yes, it can accomplish that. But nothing is. Maybe the roof. Maybe on an escalator, or something like that. Maybe the roof, right? But like other than that, that's really about it. But like anything where there's curve, it cannot take a three-dimensional scan, plot it out on a two-dimensional film that's then going to be back installable on a three-dimensional panel because I don't know if, if you guys know this or not but if you don't there's something very interesting and that is that the, the pattern is not the exact dimension of the panel
1: of course not there's temperature no, it's and shaping get stretched and, right yes
2: yep. right. So you've got to manipulate that's where film, Which is why the real labor real for art.
1: install is yes. not straightforward because guys there are guys that are better than other guys because they have the experience of just where to manipulate that film so that they can get it in You're every right. corner and get the body gaps to match up and, and everything You're to right. line up and, and fit just right.
0: Experience, wisdom, art.
2: Art. It is Science. in art. Like you have guys that, that learn to paint by numbers and they think they're Picasso, and then you have the real Picassos, right? And and you know, even within our own community, Expel vets, every single person that asks for an Expel account, we, we go through a pretty heavy vetting process. We currently turn down at least eight out of every single, eight out of every 10 people that ask to spend money with us. We're like, I'm just sorry, but you just don't currently fit our mold for one reason or another. We've got lots of different reasons for it. But we turn down way like an insane amount more than we approve. So, so what I'm like, hearing
1: Why? is that Expel is definitely where you want to go if you have these protection needs.
2: Again, I don't. Expel is very conscious about the idea that what we never want to do is make it sound like the competition sucks because we have some phenomenal competitors that we're very yeah, you, aware. you guys of.
1: could absolutely stand on your your own name and your own product because it is one of the. Tier one products in the industry, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt that from a consumer standpoint, there's no chance that they don't think of Expel as the premium top brand within the paint protection film, window tint, and and certainly getting there in the ceramic coating world. I don't know that we're quite there yet. There's another brand that's done a phenomenal job on their marketing. They've got great product lineup. I won't mention their name, but they're phenomenal competitors of ours. They're they're sort of dominant people in the the ceramic coating world that have been in for a lot longer than us. We're quickly gaining on them. I wouldn't be surprised if we overtake them next year, but we'll see. But in the meantime, in the PPF and the tint, yeah, we are for sure thought of as the premium brand that people want to use. But again, a lot of it comes back to those patterns. They know that an Expel account doesn't need to use a blade. Now, you might need a little trimming, but that's not getting cut on the car. That's getting cut on the overlap of the extra film where, you, where you've said, hey, give me an extra half inch on the hood. And then when you go to wrap and the hood, you might trim off a quarter of an inch so that you've just got a little bit less film so there's not creating as much bunching or fingering underneath. But that's not cutting on the paint. But, you know, again, you mentioned that these shops have expo patterns. Well, that's because all of our competitors used to say to the customers, yeah, well, what you want to do is buy our film, but then you want to go and buy XFL's DAP, which is the, the design access program, that's the patterns. And even though you're going to pay a premium for it, it's still worth it because they've got the best patterns by far. We're you know we're not in that running. Well, when I cut it all off, and then I had such extreme success with it, we made it a corporate mandate. So as of January 1st of 2020, a number of things came about. One is we were no longer selling what we call cut bank. I think there was a couple of stragglers that we weren't aware of here in the U S that maybe, you know, we didn't catch, but certainly by now that's all dealt with. The other thing that we did was we said, Hey, look, you know, because we're the premium band, because we have everything to offer, we don't want organizations to be representing other brands besides us anymore. So if you want to currently gain an expel account, not historically, right, but currently, then the only way we can get an expel account in your hands is number one, let's go through the vetting process and make sure that you you align up with us. In a, in a good way, but the other way is that you're not going to be using competitive product against us inside your operation. So In the ceramic coating world, it's only us. In the paint protection film world, it's only us. In the automotive window film, it's only us. And then of course, as you guys probably know, there's another big series of, of, of industry for us, which is what we call flat glass, which is commercial and residential window films and decorative films and safety and security films. So in those four areas, we feel that we have everything you need And we don't want you representing any brand besides Expel. And and by doing so, we feel like we're delivering that perfect experience to that client where they're going to get the right product made for the right right film. and And it's
1: great because if you have the automotive experience and that positive experience with Expel, again, you can take it to watercraft. You can take it to your home. You can take it to office and commercial. All of that is available, all that information at expel.com. That's X-P-E-L.com, X-P-E-L.com. And uh, Chris, dude, so much great information. I I think that we both will have walked away from this knowing way more than we did going in, especially Lightning. Uh, I think you've (laughs) enlightened him with the the horizontal surface versus vertical surface and what to use. But you guys are also on Facebook uh, at expel, X-P-E-L. And then you've got a great YouTube page as well. That's also a lot uh, of tips and tricks, yeah, things like that. Right uh, at Expel Paint yeah. Protection, and then on Instagram at Expel X P E L. So lots of great resources and a lot of great information. If you're interested in any type of protective
0: coating, I mean Holman, no more roll-on, no more paint. Well, on I, for you.
1: I'll send him an email. I'll get some <laughs> of the tracks that I'm. I'm listen, yeah. I've never said no to film. It's just I I picked up my Jeep in Michigan and drove it off-road on the way home to California.
0: And it just, it was dirty before I even I know, got but, it. Oh. But its I've seen it, and you're not down to the primer. Like I said, it is absolutely, all right, well, if we you... can bring it back. All I'll right. have Rob come to your house. All right. He's in Long Beach. You're in Huntington. It's, right. it's 20 minutes. He'll do it. He'll clay it. He'll do all the stuff. He'll get it and, back to beauty. And then we'll talk to Chris about getting and, some exactly. Expel uh, JL. And, and, uh, and, and so I'm so anal, I, I will literally drive it from from Jackson Ellis, you know, from the yeah. from the, du- yeah. from the Ram Straight And I'm going to drive it straight to Rob. He'll do the, the, the prep. And then we'll figure out whether we're going to wrap it or whatever. I'm going to have to have a, a follow up consultation here with Chris at some point. But uh, all
1: right, well, we'll, 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 whenever whenever you're ready. Wonderful. All right, dude. Thank you so much. We will definitely be in touch because we'd love to have you back on and especially try out some of the product and uh, you know kind of give the uh, the endorsement of our experiences with our uh, with our listeners and uh, just a, a wealth of information. This has been some of the uh, the most interesting stuff that we've covered in the paint protection film side of things.
2: Awesome. Well, listen, thank you both as well. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, whatever you guys need on a personal level and or your your listeners out there, you know, are, we're here to try and help out.
0: Perfect. All right, brother. Chris, we'll check in again.
2: Sounds great. All right.
0: All right thanks. thanks. So, Holman, during that interview with uh, Chris, I'm just uh, playing with my uh, my rock here. This is uh, my my ore, as you called it. This I just can't get over the weight, the weight of this stone. It's ore. It is ore. 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 It's just weird calling it ore. Why? That's what it is. I don't know, because We're it's a calling rock.
1: you lightning, because you're a man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. All right, touche. All right, so I think it's time for some truck news. How are you feeling about it? Let's do it. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? <laughs> oh man, these
1: flaming hot funyuns got me! Oh
0: my lord! So what you didn't see? No, that was because you weren't me here.
1: Coughing because I got a funyun stuck in my throat. Okay, so
0: Holman is over during that jingle. Holman's choking on something, yeah. and then he like cough burps.
1: No, that wasn't a burp.
0: Well, whatever it was, it came out, and I smelled it, and ah. it just it's it punched me. No, that's I, just you making up stories. What are you t- You punched me with funyun smell. Are they opening up somewhere? <laughs> Funyun smell? No, Punch Me With Funyuns. Oh, punching Me With Funyuns, yes. No, no, that band was in the 80s. They're long since broken up. Mm. Hey, lighting. did you hear? Um.
2: No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No.
0: No, I have not. I don't think I did. Uh, our uh, friends over at Rivian
1: have agreed to Whoa, hire- wait, Rivian News. Have agreed to hire up 7,500 full-time employees at an average salary of $56,000 plus benefits through 2047- In order to- uh, 2047. Well, they're uh, planning a new Georgia Rivian plant. It's a uh, $1.5 billion incentive deal.
0: Georgia.
1: The state expects more than- Georgia. $7 billion in economic output from its uh, Hmm. record high incentive package. Uh, Bloomberg was reporting that it's the largest the state has ever granted, and the package includes uh, state discretionary funding, local incentives, massive tax credits, which the Department of Economic Development outlines as credits for machinery- Construction, development, R and D, sales, tax, and use, and the creation of new jobs and raw materials. So, uh, the plant uh, will be on a 500 acre patch on a 1,970 acre plot, which is at the extension of an existing CSX rail line to the site, and the, a new dedicated Quick Start training center. Uh, the Georgia Department of Transportation will even build a new frontage road, widen Highway 278, construct a new site access road, will build a new I-20 interchange. So. That's a hell of a deal for the uh, the folks over at Rivian, along with the anticipated 7,500 full-time jobs for you guys in Georgia. Keep your eyes open. That's uh, how,
0: I, that is really uh, – talk about committing.
1: 2047. Well, and they're saying collectively they expect that there will be over 15,000 jobs created because of all the suppliers wow. and everybody else, uh-huh. restaurants, you know, everything that has to come in. Um, so the $5 billion plant aims to produce an output of 400,000 electric vehicles annually once it's in full swing, including the R1T pickup, the R1S SUV, and possibly some of its Amazon delivery vans, and that'll go alongside its current manufacturing in normal Illinois. Hey, Lightning, did you hear?
2: No! No, no! No!
1: No! I don't think so. So uh, Ford uh, up the ante on the uh, F-150 Lightning. Originally, we were told that it would have... 426 horsepower with the standard range pack and 563 with the juicier extended range setup. Mm -hmm. And now that goes uh, up 26 horsepower to uh, 452, while the extended range version goes up 17 horsepower to 580. Both versions will uh, still uh, produce 775 pound-feet of torque. Wow. Um, So there you go. Ford giving you a little uh, bonus horsepower in the F-150. And then just to recap uh, the ranges... Uh, go from standard range around 230 miles and the extended range miles around 320 miles. So. And how
0: does that uh, compare to the Rivian that uh, we just r- came rib-
1: in? Rivian is uh, rated, I think, 300, and with the off-road package, we're seeing like 270, 275, something like that. And torque-wise? Uh, torque is nine-something in the Rivian. Okay. It's it, feel- it feels it. It's, it uh, really feels it. It gets up and goes. That's yeah. for uh, that's for darn sure. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Reservations for the... Uh, EVALANCH, or AVELANCH, or mm-hmm. what Chevy likes to call the 2024 Chevy Silverado EV, have grown to over 140,000. Wow, congratulations, Including Chevy. 400 fleet operators, and uh, General Motors continues to add names to the list. So, uh, Mary Barra says, 60% of reservations are customers that are new to GM. And 70% of demand is coming from the coasts, which is not surprising, considering that's where... Wait, the, wh- what was the percentage
0: that's new to GM? 60%. What? Which
1: is a, which is huge for a brand to have a vehicle that kind of conquest.
0: Yeah, that's bonkers.
1: Uh, so it says... Uh, pre production electric truck will begin in Detroit's factory zero in a few weeks so it should be happening around the time you hear this.
0: I wonder what people are coming from going to Chevy. I, I, what are they what are they abandoning to go to Chevy
1: They don't say but my guess would be import pickups or, or the other uh, domestic competition hmm. says uh, additional production will be at the Orion assembly plant in 2024. Uh, it'll basically uh, go into production 11 months after Ford which just began the uh, F-150 lightnings. And they see the F-150 obviously as a Silverado EV's direct competitor, um, but GM is saying that it'll be worth the uh, worth the wait, offering what they say is superior range, faster fast charging, four-wheel steering, super cruise, and a larger, more flexible pickup cab and bed for a different customer experience. Obviously, uh, Ford has a traditional pickup uh, bed and cab separate on a frame. Whereas Silverado EV is on a skateboard chassis, and it's much like the uh, old Avalanche, Mm -hmm. where there's a mid gate that folds down, and you can put longer stuff in. So, two different takes at the same market. It'll be uh, interesting to see. Now, if you're curious, GMC has taken over seventy thousand reservations for the Hummer EV. Um, So, well, it also
0: is really spendy. Yeah, I mean, especially in the secondary market. Yeah, so what I mean, we're seeing it over one thirty, right? Oh, way over. Well, I know that we've seen a couple anomalies, like over 200,000, but like. Uh, I don't think think those were anomalies. Those were, I think, uh, even the Rivian guys.
1: If you go on the forums, Uh people have been flipping their R1Ts for like 150, 160. Say what? Yeah. So. Say what? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. That's what I'm saying.
0: Hey, lighting. Did you hear? No, I don't think I did. What's the story? The 2023 GMC
1: Yukon Denali. Mm -hmm. is the uh, new GMC Luxury Top Dog, and uh, it's getting awfully close to Escalade territory. Uh, GM introduced the most luxurious and one of the most sinister-looking versions of the 2023 Yukon. It's the Yukon Denali Ultimate. It's the Top Dog Yukon. Features the latest in luxurious interior appointments with massaging seats, 18-speaker Bose Performance Series audio system. It'll be offered with a choice of two powertrains, either the 6.2-liter gas or the 3-liter turbocharged uh, straight-six diesel. Uh, now, are they doing the 6-2 supercharged like they are in the Escalade? Nope. That's uh, r-
0: Reserve just reserved just for Escalade. Reserved just
1: for Escalade. Okay. Uh, but, again, you will be able to get the company's Super Cruise semi-autonomous driver assistance uh, system that also works with a trailer.
0: So you can have autonomous driving while towing. I mean, Whatever. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just. Are you? I, do you like that stuff? I know you were kind of getting used to it. I you were kind of semi-autonomous driving in There's the Rivian a, here, but like I just still want to drive. No, we weren't autonomous driving. I know. I know. I realize I'm change, yanking or changing. No, it's, I, I it's, just. Here's my deal. I'm just not into that. Like you I want ah. autonomous
1: driving for one place only, and that's commuting to freaking work, which is 30 miles and sometimes takes two hours. Yeah. If in the car, it'll drive me down the 405, and I can answer emails and get some of that time back. That's fine because I'm not. I'm not driving mm. at that point. i no, Not me. Swapping pedals. Yeah. No. So the, uh, the new Ultimate has Vader Chrome grille with unique dark chrome GMC badging, so no longer uh, red. Standard magnetic ride control and air ride adaptive suspension. Vader Chrome appointments meticulously positioned in the front bumper area. Active response four-wheel drive system with the electronic limited slip differential and track two-speed transfer case. Vader Chrome fender vent. Vader chrome finish accents. Now, what they call it, Vader
0: chrome. They're talking about just black black, chrome, chrome, right? Okay.
1: 22-inch, seven-spoke, ultra-bright machined wheels with bright chrome accents and dark paint. And they are pretty sexy-looking wheels. Then on the inside, 15-inch heads-up display, 12-inch diagonal digital cluster, laser etched authentic, uh, uh, I guess, Paldeo wood. Available Super Cruise, Alpine, Umber interior, full-grain leather, 16-way power massage and heated and ventilated seats. Uh, I mean, Denali metal badges. Just on and on. Sounds and on. super sick. It's uh, it's it's gorgeous. Here's a picture of the uh, the oh, new interior. And this on has. On. Oh
0: yeah, That's beautiful. Yeah, that's gorgeous. They did a yeah. a great job mm, on it. Okay, what is that? What is that color right there? The uh, that brown. That's a kind of a. What would you call that leather interior? That is. It's, a uh, they're caramel? calling it
1: Alpine Umber. Alpine Umber. It's a it's a darker. It's caramel. like a ba- it's like a baseball glove. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way. So it's bla- basically the interior is black and baseball glove. Okay, which is pretty cool. So. Uh, anyway, uh, the no, price
0: on that sucker is. I was just,
1: gonna say no, uh, no word on price yet, but it ain't gonna be cheap. It's gonna be, yep, big time. You got it. Hey, Lightning, mm-hmm. did you hear? No. Uh, we missed this because we've been uh, busy and had some shows banked. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to throw out the very day that Ford uh, had their press release on the F-150 Lightning. Uh, Ram dropped a press release right on top of them. I just thought that was
0: funny. <laughs> what was the press release? How did they try and snuff them? It
1: was just a report on the upcoming uh, electric Ram. I just thought it was funny that they stunted uh, Ford a little bit, or at least tried to. Mm-hmm. Um, always amused by those types of things.
0: Ram has been—they've been. I mean, has there been a bigger bomb drop than the TRX on the Raptor? I mean, they just. <laughs> Yeah, they just they love they love lobbing lobbing bombs <laughs> over there. Uh, but it, and every it, once in a while, they just have a grenade. You know, it's like it doesn't kill anyone, but it like scatters the Ford crowd. They're like, "Oh my god, how would you react to this?" It's yeah. just funny. And Ford tries to do it back, but it seems no, somewhat well, ineffective. No, Ford kind of was the one that
1: started it. Well, they did. Uh, yeah, Ford's always been the we're gonna mess up your party. So it's just funny to see other manufacturers. Oh, do really? Okay. Ford. Well, it, you're on the inside. It's I'm a not, game. But, yeah. It's a game they all play. It's okay. it's it's sometimes annoying, and sometimes funny. <laughs> hey, lighting, did you hear? No. I don't think so. Uh, the 2022 GMC Sierra 1500 x mm-hmm. has been unveiled. It's a sexier GMC version with Multimatics <laughs> as the uh, uh, Silverado ZR2 that I recently drove. Right, And uh, it's- It's what you expect. It's exactly what you thought it would be. It's a yep. ZR2 in GMC clothing. So, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No.
0: No, I did not. And hey, by the way, if you have any no's handy, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe- You're running maybe, out of no's? Maybe yeah, we should retire that bit. Or no, no way. Are you can me? I'm looking for new no's. Mm. So if you feel like you want to send me one and you want your voice on the Truck Show podcast is saying no, maybe it's your child saying no, It. I don't have any little kids, uh, record it and send it to me as a as a file. How about that? Show Podcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Any kind of no you want to send to me, I'll add to the mix. And what you'll if be, I just said no right famous. now? Uh, I don't want your no. All right. Hey, Lightning. by the way, you tell me no all the time. Did you hear? I mean, no. No, I I
1: didn't. I think you already said something, but I just wanted you to burn another no on the board. Uh, Volkswagen will officially uh, revive the International Scout as an electric pickup and SUV with International Scout styling. So apparently, VW actually has the use of the Scout name locked up because it acquired Navistar, which used to be International Harvester. So in that portfolio of IP Mm. came Scout. Well, if you look at the renderings, apparently there's somebody within Volkswagen put it up and then it went right off the internet, but not before a bunch of automotive people went, um, not so quick, sir. Interesting. And uh, they've been talking about building an all-electric pickup for the U.S. market for a while, but never quite committed. However, the Wall oh. Street Journal reported that VW's board of directors was set to approve a plan to revive International Scout brand lineup of SUV and pickups that have be been reinvented as EVs and sold stateside in a move telegraphed by a company executive back in September. Volkswagen later confirmed the move with an official announcement. Last month, VW's US chief Scott Keogh said uh, EV pickup in the US was a chance of a lifetime for VW, teasing that the automaker could, quote unquote, offer alternatives and some new ideas into the segment. Um, so anyway, it sounds like they're all in on this uh, scout idea. I'm kind
0: of digging bringing back scout. The, That's kind of cool. The r- renderings are very cool. It's a very much a modern. Can I see? Scout. Would you mind sharing? Hold on, let me see. That is, oh, that is cool. That looks like a, a bronco. Scout. It looks no, the top looks like a bronco with no, no butt. No, I
1: don't think so. I think it looks
0: and like the scout. bottom
1: one looks like a Rivian. Interesting. No, the bottom one looks more like a Rivian. than top looks like a bronco. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So uh, those are
0: silhouettes, right? That's what I would call those.
1: it's just like a chalk drawing. Right. So uh, it says VW's new Scout SUV and pickup would face stiff competition from both its traditional competition with new startups like Rivian, Hummer, and Ford. Obviously, this would put VW a little bit behind the curve, but I think there's some uh, magic appeal of the international Scout brand that would bring customers in wanting that. Uh, And it gets Volkswagen into the game with a brand that Americans have been longing for for a while. I, I agree, 100%. Interesting to see what happens there. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No. Sean Holman will be one of the very first journalists to drive a new 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer with the engine that will be replacing the Hemi. Ah! So uh, (laughs) I will be, in the near future, driving the entire Route 66 from Chicago to the Santa Monica Pier. What? And I have acquired for this trip one of the very first Hurricane Twin Turbo Straight 6-powered Grand Wagoneers.
2: Right. Right.
1: Okay, don't believe me, but I'll bring back really? audio. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, not bad. No, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm excited because if I'm going to be doing a 3,000-mile road trip, that's the vehicle I want to do it in. Because oh, yeah. it is unbelievable. Very luxurious. Beyond luxurious. It is a absolute, like, lazy boy on wheels. It is so comfortable. So I'm looking forward to doing that and bringing to our listener what it's like to drive the engine that will be eventually replacing uh, the Hemi. They uh, say that the new Hypo Hurricane engine, which is uh, 510 horsepower, I believe, uh, which is, I mean... Sizable. Pretty darn good, right? Uh, Will be a $2,000 premium over the standard 6.4 liter V8 Hemi on regular wheelbase Grand Wagoneers. So it'll be an upcharge, and so in this case, the... uh, the smaller, uh, more powerful engine will be the uh, more expensive option. And I've driven it with the 6.4, mm-hmm. and it's awesome with the 6.4. So I can only imagine. I love straight sixes, though. So uh, we talked about before. If you're going to replace your V8. Yeah.
0: Hey, regarding the uh, the Grand Wagoneer. Yep. What's up with the... It's not a belt line. It's the roof line. The, it looks like you could take the top of the roof off. Yeah, like it's, about, it's got a black roof. It's a black roof. It's like mm-hmm. six inches below. But when it's tone on tone... Then it's just a random band around the top. It looks That's like. That's why you don't uh, get tone on tone. You know, it, it looks like. It looks um, good as a. It's a, like two-tone. everybody's working for. Like it's got a headband on. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I do not. It does. It, the Grand Wagoneer is wearing a headband. Everybody's
2: working for the weekend.
1: Here we go. So the uh, high output version of the i6 will uh, deliver 510 horsepower. And 500 pound-feet of torque compared to the standard 6.4 of 471 and
0: 455. Yeah, see, that's healthy.
1: And-
2: T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U. Thank you. Thank you. That's thank
0: you for uh, all the Jeep fans asking for more horsepower.
1: All right. And uh, it looks like uh, you'll get about two miles per gallon more. With the more powerful engine. Wow. So that's a big deal in a big vehicle like that. So normally the horsepower goes up and your
0: fuel economy goes down. This is converse.
1: Because it's a smaller displacement engine with turbocharging. You should ask yeah. your buddy Gail about that. He yeah, might know Yeah, no, no. He two. knows
0: a thing or two about that. Yeah, that, that
1: makes sense. Hey, Lighting, did you hear?
0: How about new?
1: No. The 2023 Toyota Tacoma offers more SX, adds new chrome package. Do we care? No,
0: <laughs> no, I don't think we do. But the no.
1: Toyota Tacoma SR5 trim falls right above the base SR in the popular midsize truck pecking order gets a few more goodies for 23. Uh, called the SX package and the chrome package, the addition, uh, deliver a little extra panache without costing a fortune. In addition to these packages, the V6 SR5 now has smart key operation and 10-way power adjustable driver seat with two-way lumbar. Are you still talking
0: about the Tacoma?
1: The SX package already available on SR trim has been extended to SR5 black 16-inch wheels and stuff black lug nuts and chrome
0: package adds chrome what's that I'm sorry are you still talking hey lighting did you hear no, I don't think I have heard. Turns out the 2023
1: Toyota Tundra also gains the SX package. The affordable Tundra gets
0: a snappy looking. No, 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 no no. no, 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 no no, no no, no no, no no, no, no,
1: no. listen. there are going to be people listening to the show who are looking at tundras, and they're going to say, "You know what? I know. That's what they say. They're going to say, you know what? I want the SX package. Because it provides decent visual boost to the plain-looking base model. Listen, it gets dark gray 18-inch wheels, body-colored matching door handles and bumper inserts in place of the regular SR5's black pieces and blacked-out badges. And then Toyota also switches out the SR5 cabin's silvery trim with black-colored bits for a more serious, slightly somber vibe. Uh,
0: The wheels look cool, so we'll just go with that. So what you're saying, it has nice accoutrement. The accoutrement that you will need. Accoutrement! All right, well, uh, uh,
1: next to last. Uh, Go over to uh, motortrend.com slash four-wheeler. Jason Gonerman recently wrote a great article called, Is it cheaper to buy a Ford Tremor or build one with aftermarket parts? Oh, interesting. I can totally build that for less, in quotes, everyone on the internet. (laughs) So uh but you can't. He he combined it and kind of wrote this pretty cool story about what it would take. Can you cut to, to the
0: chase? Can you give us the punchline of the story? Can you give us the summation?
1: But what what if I just want you to be able to go read it? And this is my way of getting traffic on the website. But
0: listen, we don't we we all judge a story by its headline and we don't even read the contents. That's how we all consume news these days, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, just, uh, just what was the answer? Just Google. Is it cheaper to buy a Ford Tremor or build one with aftermarket parts? And uh, there you go. Okay. Hey, Lightning. Did you hear? What? No. No. You finally get your answer on the Raptor. Uh, Internet leak indicated uh, uh, a particular engine sitting on a factory floor that was destined for a Raptor that had the engine code 5.2 liter on it. So really, it, five two supercharged. Yep. So it looks wow. like. Yep. It looks like. The, uh, the new engine will be the Predator V8, as we guessed, the 5.2 liter V8. From the Mustang Shelby GT500, it's aluminum dual overhead cam, 32 valve engine, produces 760 horsepower and 625 pound-feet of torque. Wow. Obviously, that would beat the Hellcat numbers of uh, 702, although I think the Ram is 650 torque, so it's a little lighter on torque. But that makes sense because it's a, a whole liter larger. Right. So we'll see. And I don't know if they're going to tune it differently in the Ford. They haven't announced any of that good stuff yet. I think uh, Ford's probably going to have the last laugh in the V8 wars. And I think you'll see a high output version of that uh, straight six from the Grand Wagoneer going into the TRX. That would be my guess. I don't know that for sure. But we know that it's replacing Hemi. We know that there is a high level. I think you'll see the Hypo Hurricane that's in the Grand Wagoneer replaces the 6.4. And the regular powered version of that replaces the standard 5.7 Hemi. That would be my guess.
2: Are we going to be held accountable for all the crazy things we say?
0: So, are we going to be held accountable for uh, Holman just yeah. uh, spouting off about this that? Might, this might change.
1: Mm. You never know. Um, we did hear there were rumors uh, that Ford had some development trucks with five point two with some uh, durability issues at that Mustang power level. So who knows? I, I just you know mm. maybe they come out seven hundred and three horsepower. You don't. You
0: never know. Because uh, TRX is seven hundred seven seven hundred two, mm-hmm. got it. And a lot of guys are doing pulley changes on those things, and uh, they're doing upper pulleys, lower pulleys, and they're they're
1: yeah. Too bad you can't tune them, except for the one guy with the snake oily thing going on there.
0: The snake. Oh, you're talking about the twin turbo system. system. Yeah,
1: it'd be nice if you could uh, tune them. I know there's people who say they can, but I haven't seen one or been in
0: one yet. So, uh, well, although Hennessy does. Nope, Corey Willis has tuned his. Well, before Oh, he sold that's it. right. That's yep. right. Well, he tuned it. Now, you do have to take out the, you do, you got to play some monkey business with the yeah, ECM. Yeah, so yeah. It, they're going to find it. So it's if you not, have a, yeah, like got a spare play. ECM, then you, yeah. you can do it just like, you know, the guys with the new Dormaxes. If you got a spare ECM, you can swap and um, do all unless that shenanigans. But California, yeah. where they're reading your stuff. Yeah, true. Well, luckily, not everyone's yet, but they will be. It's gonna they suck. They will be. They will be. Yeah. And
1: over the air is gonna yeah. break all that stuff for you guys. Isn't it fun? Now, wait
0: a minute. So this airs. You guys have probably already read about this, maybe unless you you're not on the internet a lot. Um, trifecta tuning out of some little Podunk town in Washington. Apparently, their authorities would it be in the space. Podunk. It's not Ponong, It's I couldn't pronounce it. It's too many letters. It's weird. It's like there's too many consonants in this town. Trifecta tuning. See if you can pronounce it. What is it? It's like Shoshashi or Shonoho. What is it?
1: I, I, well, hold on. i am Go, going. on. Yeah, trifecta
0: tuning in Washington. Uh-huh. They have cracked the Corvette C8 programming. They've Snow, cracked Snohomish, ECM. Washington? Sh- Snohomish? Yeah. Snohomish. Yes. Well, apparently it's Snowhomish. Why is that podunk? It's just weird. It's, it's weird. All right. We, and uh, if you well, live there, you're well, weird.
1: Hold on. You should apologize to everybody in Snowhomish.
0: <laughs> we have listeners in Snohomish? Yes, we do. 100%. Uh, well, then I apologize. No,
1: with a drop. Oh, okay.
2: We are deeply sorry.
1: Lightning mm-hmm. is deeply sorry. We are
2: sorry.
3: He's sorry. He's sorry. sorry.
0: hmm I'm We're sorry. sorry. Yes, all right. I'm sorry to everyone in Snoh- Snohomish. Snohomish? Yep. Sno Snohomish. Okay, anyway, so they uh, apparently cracked the ECM. Even when we talked to Corey Wilson and other guys who really know tuning, they thought it's going to be a couple of years before someone gets in, and they're already in. So uh, something's weird. I-, I don't know. They didn't use the piggyback tuner, they got in. So this is going to be really interesting to find out, which this means, by the way, is that you're going to see, you're, you're, you'll start seeing twin turbo kits, things like that legal, assuming they can get carb EOs on these things. You're going to start seeing really cool kits for the C8. And then other, I guess trifecta- Well, the uh,
1: C8's a big deal. The C8's a really big deal, not only because nobody's been able to crack it, but it's the first ECU that I'm aware of that an aftermarket company has cracked with Global B. On the Global B platform. Right. And Global B is going to be pervasive throughout all of GM. So if you can crack the C8 now, that means people like, uh, you know, it was Lingenfelter and some of those who have uh, supercharger and turbo kits are mm-hmm. now going to be able to do it the right way, not with p- uh, piggyback modules. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah. And this trifecta company does only GM. So I didn't really know a whole lot about them. I started asking. I called up Corey immediately and then I talked to some of our calibrators at work. And they're like, well, this is a big deal. And even Corey was like, if they got in, then that's yeah. that's no one expected Global B to be cracked this quickly, which is uh, could be a good thing for us. It could be a good thing for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Holman, uh, let's change gears. You you gave us a truck review, a little kind of sorta of the Rivian. Yeah. But now we've got to get another truck review in. That's crazy, two for one show. Yeah, hey, there you go. But this time it's for the Frontier.
1: Yeah, so uh, my, uh, my guy over at Four Wheeler, Jared Corfage, uh, had one as a loner, and he drove it from SoCal all the way up to Moab with it loaded with uh, people, gear, and a dirt bike in the back, and then drove it all the way back to SoCal. So, uh, Are we going to talk about him? or are you going to let him in? All right, fine. Let him in. This is uh, Jared Corfage, who we call Cornflake on our staff,
0: because nobody can spell his last name. We have not met. Shake hands right here. Nice to meet you. So Jared's the right. new
1: guy, except he's been with us for like six years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. since nobody uh, nobody knew has come in, because nobody wants to leave. Uh, okay. He just is perpetually the new guy. Uh, so, Jared, uh, we're having you on because uh, Lightning wants to spend time in a frontier. And I just, uh, a and couple episodes w- ago. He
0: won't get me one because he, he keeps shouting that he's going to get one for like a month and I'm going to be able to drive it around Still and on enjoy that. it. Right. But it hasn't happened. And you're my surrogate. It's the
1: next yeah, and I said, thing. Well, you know what? I do know somebody who put like 2,000 miles on one in a week and invaded Easter Jeep Safari in a Nissan. And uh, you know what? If you came in, you could tell us all about the uh, frontier. I should tell Lightning all about it since he's been dying to know.
3: <laughs> well, let me tell you, being in a place that's strictly Jeeps and a Nissan was quite an experience. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got a truck review happening. Truck review. F-
0: yeah. Roll the coal and dragging Truck
1: nuts. Now, I'm going to guess that you neither rolled coal or drug truck nuts.
3: Neither of those two. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I dragged other things, but not <laughs> truck nuts. Okay.
1: So if I, if I had to have a complaint about the Frontier we had was it had the, uh, the low-hanging steps on it, uh, the rock rails, but they had the low-hanging steps, I would have optioned it without that. And then it also had, like, the sport bar in the back. A, a real pickup truck guys. We don't need that stuff. Those, those are just uh, flourishments and accoutrements that are unnecessary. The accoutrement that you will need. Accoutrement! <laughs> all right. So, Jared, it's, it's all you. Talk about, uh, let's see, your trip, where you started, uh, what you did, how many miles you put on it. I don't know if you know fuel economy, your driving impressions, and you used it as your photo support vehicle. So you took it off-road all over Moab chasing down Jeeps and full-size rigs and stuff for
3: uh, for features and things like that, right? We did a lot with the Frontier.
0: Truck
3: that was it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Rolling dragging truck mud. I'm kind of
1: impressed well, with that well, review. Well was, done. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great review. No, there's more. Oh, Five
3: whole words about the Frontier. That was it. That <laughs> was okay. it. We're done. <laughs> 2,000-ish mile trip. Started out in Southern California. We got the... Didn't even get traffic. Left at 2 in the morning.
1: Well, that's why. That's the only <laughs> time there's no traffic <laughs> in California. Except for construction traffic, because that's usually when they shut the freeways down to fix them.
3: And that was... Probably a pretty good place to start because that truck is comfy. How do you like the zero-gravity seats? I I, I was floating. I wasn't even sitting. (laughs) 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 There are some trucks where it feels like you're sitting on a plastic church pew. Sometimes there are pads in weird places. Dude, I'm driving right now a 22
0: Ram 2500 Crew cab long bed, and it's the kind of the base model-ish. Mm. It's a rental that we mm-hmm. did for some emissions testing. Uh-huh. And the seeds, look, the bolsters on your sides make me feel fat because they're really tight. But then I'm sitting on some kind of weird, plush rock of some sort. So
1: it's a milk crate with a towel on it. It's
0: something strange because S- they look so, like they'd be comfortable.
1: So that was not your experience in the front When you area. get
0: out, you feel like someone's been beating you in each butt cheek. Just, just, just... <laughs> I, I'm not going to go down that road with Jared's butt cheeks because he's
1: uh, an employee of mine, and that would probably cost some sort It'll of human you resources. Sued, yes. yeah, talk about uh, highway miles. Uh, how quiet was it? How was the ride? How was the power? Because it does have the, uh, the most standard horsepower in class.
3: Those first 740-something miles up to Moab just just floated by. It's quiet. Did you what? listen to this podcast? I did not oh, because come on. That, oh. I said the first 700 miles I'm talking about the way back. But the, I shouldn't even say a quiet because that, was it the Fender audio system, yeah. 10 something speakers in there, just you're rocking out. You can't hear the road.
1: So you picked up Ken Brubaker and basically uh, shuttled him to Moab. So you guys had a truck with two of you in it with uh, a whole bunch of stuff in the back. Were you guys touching shoulders uh, while you were driving?
3: No, and he's a much more sizable human being than I am. I'm five and a half feet tall, and he's a, he's a real man. He's Ken is <laughs> Ken
0: is important because Ken is who the editor of Four Wheeler magazine. Ah, uh, that explains it.
3: We've had plenty of room in there, and it, it wasn't just us. Everywhere we go, I can't live without this Dometic fridge freezer that lived in the back seat. Got to keep the Dr Pepper and bubble water's cold on the road. Now, did you just put it in the back seat, or did you fold the back seats up and put it on the floor? What'd you do with it? I had some stuff stacked up on the floor, so I just left this one living sideways in the back seat. Didn't pierce holes in that uh, nice leather? No, it didn't. Didn't chafe you around. You mean the nice,
1: durable leather? Yes,
3: durable. Yes. real
1: leather. So, did you? Uh, what kind of fuel economy did you get on that trip?
3: We're getting low twenties. Never went above wow. twenty five going up, but definitely didn't go below twenty.
1: That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty darn good. So, obviously. The 3.8 liter dual overhead cam V6, uh, 310 horse, backed by the 9-speed uh, Jetco automatic transmission. And then yours was a Pro 4X, right? So you, you had, uh, I think, the Hankook all-terrains. You've had Bill Stein's uh, shocks on there. You had their locking rear diff. And then, of course, all the skid plates and all that good stuff.
3: Yes. I tried to use just about every part of that Pro 4X package, respectfully.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what do you mean by that? What, what did you do? Would you How would you take it off-road and beat on it?
3: What? I, not I beat on it. Just take I, it off road. Think I think I signed paperwork saying beat would not be. Uh, I see. How did you put it through its paces? I, I got it
1: I, I got that. it for Jared, and then I told him, don't be that guy.
0: So you scared him? So the poor little employee dude over here, yes. you scared him so he just babysit. Yeah. Grandpa drives it around. Yes, because in, Janelle. Tell me you respect. got air in it.
3: Plenty of air in the tires as I'm sure what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but not, uh, not,
0: but not under them. <laughs> no, you skied some jumps. Come on. We respected the truck. I wish you guys could see him here. He's biting <laughs> his lip literally. He's not talking. Okay. Hey,
1: let me hold on, tell on me t- hold on, hold on. This is podcast, Holman, not Boss Sean. So right, for this moment, you are <laughs> you are free to speak uh, speak freely. All
3: right, so Nissan's not listening right now. No, mm, no, they, they, they don't, don't listen. Even, they might. No, no, well, they're no, not gonna for, like this. For this conversation, <laughs> they're not listening. Go ahead. Because that one night we went to the sand dunes. My goodness, you should have seen this. Yeah. No, That was the one terrain we actually didn't get into was sand. Sand? Everything else: rocks, mud, snow, gravel. Yeah, snowed while we were there. That was a monumental time in Moab, and I know there are a few trucks in this class where your hands are going to freeze on the steering wheel. This isn't one of them. we woke up one morning and because of the heated steering wheel. Yeah. Okay. I'm this weird type of person that when it's snowing outside, I want the windows down. I don't know why. Oh, I love that too. Yeah. Nice and crisp air.
1: But I want my seat heaters and my uh, yeah. and my uh, steering wheel on. Not I want lie.
3: I want all the rest of me warm, but <laughs> I want the wind blowing in my face too. It's He's like a German Shepherd who
1: uh, you know sticks his head out of the. I always have engine. the windows
3: down every single dry day. I can have it down
0: unless you do know, listen to a podcast and it's hard. But I've always got the windows down. I'm looking at me like you guys living
3: in California and your windows are freaking up. You losers, get out! Don't you, just, just come on, get out! I, I drive in a vehicle with a perpetually broken out back window, so the windows are always down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to pay this guy and more. He can't even fix his window. You just got a pay raise. That was by choice.
0: For the Frontier, tell me about uh, the highs. What What are your faves, your your
3: takeaways? Sean, you mentioned that transmission, and we had this thing loaded down, I estimate, with about 700 pounds inside and in the bed, nowhere close to the payload.
1: You had your motorcycle back there, right? Your dirt mm-hmm. bike? Yep. And then you guys had all your camera gear and so driving out, which is why I was impressed with the 20 miles per gallon, because driving out, it wasn't like it was just you driving to Moab to go in, into a hotel.
3: No, this, this was loaded for bear for a week of shoot and play and everything you want to do in Moab and probably a bit more. And I know coming back downhill, there was a significant amount of wind, but it was still windy going Yeah, uphill. wind
1: was awful <laughs> this year.
3: I saw you complaining nonstop
0: of that. I, I had
1: 500 miles of a 40 to 50 mile an hour headwind. Oh, man. It started in about Richfield, Utah and, and ended at Victorville.
0: You were driving your Jeep, so you were getting like seven miles a gallon. It was in.
1: like seven, eight. It was really bad. Oh. It hurt. Yeah, I was stopping every 150 miles to fill up.
0: And so coming back with the wind in your face, you were getting what kind of mileage in the Frontier? Still low 20s. Really?
3: Easily tripling that. Crushing it. Yeah, right. Jeep scores. Yeah, right. (laughs) So that's, we should stop talking about highway. This thing was fun off-road too. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, let's see. The washed out trails are where I found this thing just lights up. Getting about 20-ish miles an hour, trying not to get too lost looking at the mountains and the (laughs) rocks because the trail in front of you is... Really exciting. So the Bill St- Billstein, Billstein, yep. what do we say? So here's the deal. Stein.
1: You don't say uh, a Beerstein. You say Beerstein. Bill Stein. So Billstein. Uh, you Bill don't have to do. You don't Bill have to do the sh sh.
0: Billstein is, is Billstein's Bill Stein's Stein.
1: lesser known uh, cousin. cousin second, yeah. second cousin. Yeah.
0: yeah. Redhead stepchild. Like Absolutely. no one likes him. It's Billstein. Right, Beerstein. So
3: the Billstein shocks. Yeah. Did phenomenally cruising up and down the the washed out roads, and then you want to go a bit faster. You want to go higher up the mountain. And I'm thinking, Pro 4X, this is great. And you get going 30 or something, you hit a washout, you're going to blow through the travel a little bit, but that's okay. And one night after we were done shooting, it had just snowed that night. Started off at 6,000 feet in the desert. That's Red Rock territory. It's hot. It's dry. Dusty roads. Started off on a gravel track. And that winds you up into the LaSalle Mountains out of Moab. So real quick, you go from gravel roads to this wonderful thing I see on the side of the trail. It's my favorite thing ever. It's called the pavement end sign, which is kind of right. weird because <laughs> I wasn't on pavement when I saw the sign. It goes from gravel to less gravel, more dirt, more rock. You go climb an elevation and that gravel turns into mud. So it had just snowed in the higher elevations, which means mud where I was driving. That's great. So there are some trucks that we drive around here where you're fighting the traction control or traction control is fighting you, those the nannies, the fairies, whatever, and this one wasn't doing it. It was almost like the traction control was anticipating what I wanted to do on the trail. So
1: I will say from testing the Frontier, unlike our media drives, we got to a point where you have to be in four low to use the rear locker. You can't use it in four high. And I was impressed. The traction control was really good in four high, climbing up a uh, big, rocky, kind of really loose uh, road where... The Frontier, no problem keeping going without me having to shift into a low range to turn the locker on. I was really impressed with that when I tested it.
3: On on that muddy drive, four low, didn't need it for a lot of the time. A couple times I got sideways on the road, needed to back up, turn around, and locker definitely helped because you got to the limits of the articulation. And wow, I'm really glad that one wheel is pulling me the direction I want to go. That's awesome. With the hand-cooked Pros, they were snow-rated, and that tread pattern was pretty darn close to perfect for the mud and snow. Got even higher, then the mud went away, and boom, actually found the real snow. That was great. Got to push through some powder and test out the traction control when it's just that muddy, nasty mix of snow. And just stuff you don't always find down in the desert really got to play hard in that.
1: Yeah, I think because we live in SoCal, we do a lot of desert testing. So we don't always get to get up to the the mud and the snow. And so whenever we have an opportunity to test vehicles up there, that's why when we do four-wheeler of the year, we tend to try and do it later in the year. So hopefully uh, we can go to where there's snow. So I'm probably- sur- I'm
0: surprised you don't go up to like Big Bear and-, and We that, do, that, oh, yeah. every, every
1: year. Yeah, oh, okay. Big Bear or Mammoth. I see. But it just depends. Sometimes there's snow, sometimes there's not. But uh, you know, we try and get all the different things that our readers are going to experience as much as we can. The nice thing about SoCal is- we have it all.
0: Were there anything uh, that you found
3: delightful that you didn't expect, like the utility track and the bed? Had the motorcycle on the back. Definitely needed to strap that sucker down. Those th- the utility track lets you slide the anchor point as far toward the tail or the cab as you want. Twist it, lock it down, ready to go. Holds the bike in place.
1: And their cleats are metal. I don't think anybody else in the industry uses metal cleats.
3: What are you eating? A snack. <laughs> I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> Been a long day. We did take this truck as delivered. We weren't checking off the boxes of the options and the the sport bar. Great place to probably put some lights. I know they yeah they they should have had light yeah. We had the uh, around the dirt bike in the back. Loaded up the waterproof duffel bags, and that sport bar kind of gets in the way if you stack uh, duffel bags.
1: And then you want to reach and
3: grab it. What kind of what kind of bike were you hauling up there? So 1990 Suzuki DR350. Wow, the DR. Yeah. Lots of zip ties. A cool bike. That's, a, that's a lot of bike.
0: It was a big bike. Yeah. And yeah, we
1: rented a house.
0: The DRs are kind of bulky.
1: Airbnb the house. Yeah. I was like, who has. It can't be five foot Jared who has the seven foot tall uh, dirt bike in the garage, right?
0: I <laughs> mean, that's a big bike. It's not like a KX 125 or something like that. I mean, you had a. This is a big old old bike, yeah. big fat, heavy tubular chassis. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, uh, last question: Would you buy one, or what would your advice be for somebody who might be looking at a frontier? And I think the reason we brought you in was uh, you spent the most time in one recently, and we just wanted to talk about it. So, any any other bits that you were impressed with, and what would you tell a potential buyer?
0: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, what's your Trust Uh, would you recommend this truck to someone who is either a novice off-roader
3: or a daily
0: driver like who's this truck built for in your opinion
3: this truck is this is really comfortable most of us are driving trucks to and from work and then to the trail this makes that to and from work wherever else you got to go it makes it happen in style but then once you do take it off-road it's got what you need. That locking rear differential, Bilstein shocks, the ground clearance is there. Just take off the things you don't necessarily need when you're optioning it, and life is good.
1: How about any uh, squeaks or rattles or anything like that, or what was the build quality on the one you had?
3: If there was going to be a squeak or a rattle on this truck, I definitely would have found it after the miles I put on it. No, nothing. All right. Well, there's our man, Jared, uh, on the truck review. What? The guy in the
1: back, he wants to hear more Jared more often. What? That guy in the
0: back, he bought a Frontier, and he likes Jared's review. Oh, okay. Oh, does he know? Yeah. What's his name in the back? It's Dave. Oh, it's Dave? Yeah. I thought it was Paul. Nobody's named Paul. Oh. It's a dumb name. Hmm. Well, thanks for coming in, and uh, thanks for providing your- Don't uh, do it again. Truck review? No. Why yeah. are you doing another? You just did it. I wasn't. I was just going to remind him that-
2: Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters.
1: Yes, Jared. Thank you. Everything matters.
0: All right. Unfortunately, we did not get a chance to read your email, but we will on the next episode. So send us yours, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck
2: Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show.
0: We want to hear from you. The
1: good, the bad, the ugly. 657-205-6105. Call us up on the five-star hotline. We want to hear... You're, uh, if you're happy What you're thinking about Do you have questions uh,
0: we, we want to hear if they're happy Yeah if you're holding If you like long walks On the beach Holding no, hands No we don't want to hear that We right. want, to, want to hear truck related content Or or by the way We want to hear a no That I can use In my uh, mix of no's During the truck news segment Yeah sure That's what I would like Or send us a Know your note That's a no you can oh, have Oh yes Oh you like oh, that Yeah yeah, I like that. yeah, good one That's, that's one. the no I want Know oh, your my note My god how many episodes Has it been since we've done Know uh, your note Just been a few Forever It's probably
1: time We've got a few in the queue, so we should uh, we should reach back and do that. But uh, in the meantime, hit us up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast, at LBC Lighting, at Sean P. Holman. And we want to hear from you on there, interact with us. Uh, we do a pretty good job of answering our personal ones and
0: a so-so job of answering the Truck Show Podcast one. But I, I, I have been slacking, so I owe you guys an apology. We do I, read them all. We do read them all, but you guys have slid into our DMs at, at Truck Show Podcast, and I have slipped a little bit i will do a better job um, there's probably two dozen that need to be answered and i will do it over the next couple days and then i'll be caught up so you can hit us again on our personals or at truck show podcast and uh just uh pay us a compliment tell us that we suck uh give us a tip uh maybe something Are we need just to talk about talking no now? i'm done done,
1: done. okay we're I've just finished right now I'm all, right. Ready? all right ready go good. your turn Listen, need to go to nissan you need to get a truck all right you know what you need to do right this minute like, well, right now? Well, no, after listening to the show. Okay. You heard what Jared said about the Frontier. You need a Frontier. You need to go out in your driveway and imagine what it would look like with a Frontier in it. And if Frontier's not enough truck, imagine what it would look like with a
0: Nissan Titan or a Titan XD. You know what it is? It's like a house beautification. You mean curb appeal? Yeah, for sure. It could raise your your home value by like 70, 80 grand. Which is way more than the cost of a pickup truck. I'm so just saying. That's what we're saying. It's like putting a Picasso on your wall. That's you right. know what I'm
1: saying? Head on down to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price your Nissan truck with exactly the options you want. And then figure out which one of your local dealers has it in stock so you can go buy it and make your house look way less crappy than it does because you have a very
0: nice pickup truck in the driveway. And in most places, that's a welcome sight. A welcome site would be all the data on my iDash that my dashboard ain't showing. Oh, you mean uh, the fact
1: that the iDash can do hundreds of different uh, parameters on multiple pages that you can scroll through? And if you get a data monster, you can actually data log your data after the data is recorded on your data monster? Uh,
0: Yes, all that. And the fact that I can read and clear trouble codes while I'm freaking in Timbuktu. I don't have to go to a local gas station and have the dude that has three teeth uh, read my codes and charge me 80 bucks. I just do it right there on the eyedash. You seem sensitive about that. It's happened. All right, well, to uh, avoid anybody without teeth, head over to (laughs)
1: bakespower.com, and you can get yourself an eyedash for your vehicle, and be uh, absolutely amazed at all the different types of uh, information that you otherwise couldn't see.
0: Hey, you know what uh, we didn't talk about on this particular episode is um, food. Well, speaking of food, I really don't want to talk about it. I want to go eat
1: it. It's been a really long day, and uh, you know what this podcast is to me? What's that? Like a three-hour workout. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, it's not at all. I feed myself
0: with a bacon cheeseburger now. Okay, whatever, whatever makes you feel better about yourself. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. How to lose weight in four easy steps. Step one, no beer.
1: Step two, portion control. Step three, have your heart broken. Step four, no fruit juice.